The Truck Show Podcast, live from the SEMA Show, powered by Nissan, featuring the industry's best factory warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles, and Decked, the premier storage solution for all pickup trucks and vans. Holman, you ready? Hell no! Well, we're going to start it anyway. Okay! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show oh, oh. It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman all right, we have to apologize in advance. I think this could be the first of three episodes. I think you're right because we got so <laughs> many interviews. Uh, what well, a well, week. Well, you got so many interviews, I might have been stuck in a booth. Uh, I wouldn't say stuck as much as I would say uh, uh, lashed to a booth. La- I was tethered. You know what? It was like uh, having a, you're a Rottweiler, mm-hmm. and uh, there's like a stake in the ground. Boy, did I would have I would have loved to, you know, You just, put a chain, just, right? Uh, right, right. But, <laughs> but the chain's only long enough for halfway down the driveway. Right. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. Every time I walked and by- And I'd get a sprint going. I'd see you walk by, and I'd be like, all right, here yeah. I come, here I come. <laughs> yeah, and I'd be like, oh, that sucks. And then I'd keep walking. I'm like, did you hear that time? I'm all- Booth duty. That was you, awesome. Uh, oh wait, did, that was every time. Yeah, you did tease me a few times as you just sprinted right by. But I was super busy, as were you. Mm-hmm. And uh, what really made me giggle was on uh, I don't know, it was like Tuesday or mm-hmm. Wednesday, uh, mid afternoon. You said, "Hey, how many interviews do you have?" And I go, "None, <laughs> right, none." And, and you go, and I was concerned. No, no, you looked at me. And you go, "No, no, how many do you have?" And I'm like, "No, literally, none. I, I know, none. I know, I know." I well, because <laughs> the look on your face was. Uh, I could tell you weren't lying the second no, time you I was, answered. I was a little scared. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't know when we're going to have time for this because both of our schedules were. were well, massive. you signed up for, I mean, so many freaking meetings. You were hosting oh and gosh. brew talks and uh, went know, awesome, podcasting chat yeah. and whatever you were doing. Yeah, so uh, Launchpad was awesome. So we're going to have the Launchpad winner on a future episode. Awesome product. Uh, did a couple of brew talks. So I uh, had some uh, two really good sessions there. I had sort of the uh, the young personalities. I had uh, Jimmy Lau from uh, Formula Drift. Uh, Brittany Williams from Lightbright Studios. She's all over the place these days. And, of course, our friend Aaron Kaufman. And then we had the uh, the Hall of Famers. So we had uh, Amy Falk from Hypertech, who uh, was once uh, the world's uh, fastest woman, I believe. Or oh, really? Most, uh, winningest woman. Something like that in racing, because she goes way back. Okay. And then uh, Corky Coker. Well, how old, how old is she? I think she's 72. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. No, she amazing. She broke through barriers when there weren't women in motorsports. And so she was really a pioneer. And then uh, Corky Coker from Coker Tire, who is an incredible personality. That guy is awesome. And then Barry McGuire from uh, McGuire's. McGuire's. Yeah. Right. And then uh, I did uh, a couple Overland Experience deals. I did a podcasting seminar. We had actually a really good turnout. And uh, also did an uh, interview on the SEMA stage. So it was crazy. And you can hear my voice is shot. So Tuesday night. Day one of the show. Right. Because, by the uh, way, we so, were there over the weekend because you have set up and all that. And then Monday's I, like, move it. I drove out. I left my house in Long Beach at uh, 545 Friday morning. Yep. Got there around 11. Did the setup of our, we had the big giant wall in the back. And yep. It, 
Then um, that went into Saturday, uh, Friday night. With a giant eye dash that was on the entire show. A six foot tall, (laughs) yes, it's like a a round gauge. It's normally, you know, two and a sixteenth, two two inches, two and one sixteenth inches. Six feet. Six foot tall. (laughs) Yes, fully operational. And that was was kind of cool. I just wanted to go and push buttons. uh, And I wasn't going to leave you even (laughs) near it for a moment. Yes, you would have broken it. I know. And so, anyway, we set all that up. And this is my first time, like, manning a booth. I'd never done that. I've been, I don't know, at SEMA. 15, 18 years, something yeah. crazy like that. Never had booth duty. And never had booth duty. So I had a great time, thought it was really, really cool. Um, I was absolutely exhausted because, you know, I'm hitting the ground running. I'd always- we You were actually had about podcast before. fans that sought you out just to get a picture of you in the booth. That happened. Yeah. And no. I saw some posted. Yeah, yeah it was funny. I'm like, cool oh, dudes. look at that. Lightning's famous again. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they knew where to find me. No more RIP Lightning. Well, I would turn around and go, like, Lightning, what's up? And, I, and at first I thought they wanted to talk about, you know, the products that we yeah. were showing. And then I thought, oh, they addressed me by Lightning, so yeah. that must be. Did you have people like Guerrilla Warfare walking by and they're like, five stars! As they walk by, you didn't see them? You just uh, heard it in the background? I did have two five stars. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Tall, skinny guy walked by and he's like, Light, what's up? Five stars! I was like, hey, hey thanks, what, dude. what's yeah. up, dude? <laughs> dude, uh, I don't know. Red so, dude, yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. And awesome. you didn't leave me any stickers, so I couldn't... Uh... Yeah, and in fact, uh, I gave a bunch out, and I have a ton in my backpack, and every time I saw you, I didn't even think to grab stickers. Right, so I was Just stickerless. Whatever. Right, whatever. But it was a great time, and uh, I'm horribly exhausted. This is... Uh, I just got back today. So I well over a week in Vegas, yep. which is too much. Yeah, I got but back yesterday. I was better than you in terms of uh, how much time I had to spend out there. I went up there uh, Monday morning, mm-hmm. left the house at 4.30. On the way there, Ford introduced the Bronco R in the middle of the Gene Dry Lake bed. So, you know, kind of turned off into the dirt, did some off-roading, went, saw their deal, and then back on the highway. And, Explains uh, why your tires are so filthy I, know, I, I, I picked you up tonight, and the thing is just right. covered. But it's not dirt, it's silt. Right. It looks like somebody took brown talcum powder and That's and exactly what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt, so what a week. Uh, I know that you did end up getting a lot of interviews, which I'm really stoked on. And I had about, no joke, Coleman, I had one hour on Friday to walk. That yeah. was it. And I saw one you. Hour. And, and, I, and I slowed you down for what a few are the, minutes. What are the chances? So I, yeah. I made a beeline straight to Decked yeah. because I knew, and the first time I went by, Greg was not there. Well, it sucks because- Oh, totally talking crap on you, and I turned around, and there you were. I'm like, what are the chances? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I wanted to see Upper South Hall because yeah. it's my truck guys, right? right? Absolutely. And so I saw as much as I could. I I did not get to the whole show this year. Not even I maybe did fifty percent. Well, I didn't crazy. see Lower South Hall. I yeah. didn't see any. I didn't see Hot Rod Alley. I didn't yeah. see. I missed the Toyo Tread Pass. I didn't go Ford out front. I didn't see the the North Hall. I didn't see the Silver. I well, didn't we were see so anything. Busy. I'm still doing social. I'm just doing like clumps of it when I can to put. So there'll be SEMA stuff for like the next two weeks on right. our Instagram just because you know I'll just have to do it. One as, of the as good things that came out of this is that I have been following a bunch of truck YouTubers. We talked. You know, remember Greg Alberella? Yep. He he showed up. He was great. Came to the party that we had Wednesday night. Um, we had uh, Duramax Jack show up. We had, um, uh, let's see who, Ryan uh, Ryan Mayer showed up. Young guy built his entire Ram, lifted Ram in his garage. With no shop help or anything. That was really cool. Uh, had all these YouTubers show up. And so I think over the next couple episodes, we're going to be checking in with some of these guys. Cool. A lot of really, really, really good stories. Big footprints. Oh, and I met my hero, my YouTuber hero, Tavarish. I have no idea who that is because I actually pay attention to real TV. I don't watch any real TV. I know you don't. I don't it's anymore. Super weird. I watch, you know what's funny? What? I watch two things and two things only. Okay. Motor Trend. All right, thank you. And YouTube. That's uh, it. B- by the way, uh, Motor Trend On Demand, go check it out. 
think, uh, is it free month right now or something like that? Is it? Is it still? No, I, there's always something going on there. <laughs> you just lying to I'm our just, audience? I'm just basically saying go <laughs> check it out and there's some deal going on. And I'm not subscribe. even joking. That's literally all I watch. I will watch Motor Trend and I watch YouTube. And Tavarsh is one of my favorites. And um, he strolled into our booth just, well, first off, he was walking by and it was super awkward, dude. Super awkward. Why? I, because for the first- Because you forgot your pants again. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might have happened, yes. Standing there in my uh, Well, you are in Vegas. Ways. Yeah, right, everybody's right, up right. to three in the morning and, uh, yeah. By the way, not conducive to hosting gigs being up that late. No. In that dry air for a week. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I look over and I'm talking to someone. Okay. And I see Tavarish. Is that weird for Tavarish. you that you look over and talk well, to somebody? I didn't finish the sentence. Oh, okay. I, just... I look over and I see Tavarish. And I think, but but I didn't it didn't immediately I didn't you know when you have like a you think I th- I think I know that guy but yeah do, do I know that guy sure and then he looks at me and we make straight eye contact and then I think oh God is this oh, it's too late and I go I, I love your YouTube channel that's all I can say <laughs> and he's like hey what's up and he walks right did, over did goes, you freeze did you go yeah. no didn't freeze at all oh, good he walks right up. And he's like, hey. you've been dealing with celebrities like your whole career yeah but then you sometimes are uh, you have like a glitch and like uh, you just go. And it's I'm funny. telling you, like I have no. Dave Grohl walks into this room right now. I'm like, "What up, Dave? Sit down. Let's go." But YouTubers, but YouTube star and you're like, YouTubers that have like eight eight subscribers, yeah. you know, it's like the words get jumbled just going from your brain out nah. to the uh, the megaphone. Though. No, we were gold. We were gold. And awesome. so he walks up and he's like, oh, "Hey, what's happening?" But Fred? you got a uh, you got a podcast interview with him, right? No, not oh. so much. But I uh-huh. but I lined one up with all of them. Okay, so every single YouTuber. We're good. All right. guys We're just have, not going to have them during our SEMA coverage. Uh, no, because I think that this is standalone. Standalone. I'll be like honest with you, I'm kind of I'm, I'm busting your balls a little bit. There were not enough. I mean, I didn't have enough time to get all the people I want, so I've got a ton of people that I met at SEMA. Um, the guy who does Casey Curry, racer Casey Curry, mm-hmm. his uh, his social, his Instagram, all that kind of stuff, and then like a, his, some of his PR marketing came up to me and he goes, "Hey, dude, I, I manage Casey Curry. We really want to get on the show sometime." Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had all sorts of people like that. It was really cool. Where if only Casey Curry knew anything about trucks. No, oh, yeah, just a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, he and I actually are have worked together on a couple projects, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things that's really funny that this was the first year where the podcast I heard more about what we're doing here than I heard about my day job, and it was fascinating. All these people coming up, hey. How's the podcast? Oh, you guys are killing it on the podcast. Blah, 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 podcast. Nobody was like, dude, four-wheeler truck trend. Woo! <laughs> and uh, it was, I was kind of blown away. And it was, I saw SEMA through like a completely different lens this year. And uh, uh, here's another one. I, I posted a picture with myself, David Freiberger, and Brian Loans. Sure. And all these people went on and they're like, dude, Brian Loans, you should have him on the show. And I'm like, I've never thought about having Brian on. And we've done a ton of stuff together. He and I are buddies. And I'm like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? He goes, dude, yeah, absolutely. I'd totally do it. Yeah. And I couldn't believe the response. I would post on my personal gram and people are like, blah, 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 podcast. But nobody was like, hey, cool. You know, it was just, it was totally weird. I know. Well, you came from, it's kind of like guys who used to listen to me on the big rock, the, the rock station, yeah. right? And they, it was always, hey, what's up, Lightning, K-Rock, how's K-Rock, how's Kevin Amin, blah, 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 blah. And now they're like, what's up with the pod? You yeah, know what? It's weird. No better, no, no better uh, case in point than Mike Finnegan. Yeah, St- I turn around and he's in he's in my booth. I turn around, I'm like, "Well, that's Mike Finnegan, like right, <laughs> like in my face." I didn't even realize I, like, bumping shoulder, you know, a shoulder. Well, then to you shoulder called with him. me, and then so yeah, and he's like, "Hey, what's up? How's the how's the pod?" He's like, uh, "I," and um, you were talking about getting him on again. Yeah, 
And how did that happen? Did I call you or did no, you no, call you, me? No, no, you called me. I called you and, and you I go, just- Mike Finnegan's standing right here. I'm like, well, ask him if he wants to come on the show. And then I Here's handed, the phone. I just handed, I put, no, I didn't hand him the phone. I put the phone on his ear. <laughs> I held it with my right hand on his ear. Because he's a celebrity and, I, and he can no longer hold his own <laughs> yeah, phone. Exactly, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, he's coming on. After our SEMA coverage, our, our next regular episode, looks like we got him lined up. So we're going to have him back on. So we got just seeing all of our friends and people who- have we've known, but we, we sort of didn't want to approach because we're like, hey, I don't want to waste your time with it. They're coming to us going, yeah, I'd totally do it. It was just, it was the first time where I felt like the pivot of pod happened and more people were interested in this project than sort of what we do in our day jobs. And that was just really, re- you know, really rewarding considering how much effort and time you you and I put into this thing. Yeah. So it's, it was awesome. What's weird is that Wednesday night I went to the Catskin party and Pivot of Pod was playing. Was Pivot of Pod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had it was right next to the bar. They were, um, it was kind I, of. A I had death drinks metal with thing. them, but um, it was really late at night. Okay, and uh, I so were they wearing plaid or all black? No, no, no. They, they, they do no this. tutus. Oh, oh, tutus. Oh, tutus. Yeah, they just they like to be different. Got it. Uh, but we were so uh, you know plastered. Nobody took a picture. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you went out, and God bless you, you got interviews. I got uh, 23. Excuse me, what? 23 interviews. So I tried to hit a little bit of everything. We did a little off-road, a little vehicle, a little engine transmission, a little bit overland. I just tried to jumble it up. Some of them are people you guys are familiar with. So this does not include... This does not include the business cards of people that I got for us to talk to you. Down the line. No, these are all actual at SEMA interviews. Oh, my Lord. And we even hooked up with some of our friends in the pod world. So Rob Kibbe from Kibbe and Friends and Muscle Car Place, as well as uh, Ronnie from C10 Talk. Ah, So there's a a really good uh, Ronnie segment coming up. Does Ronnie rip on you or me? Oh, dude. there's just It's all good. And you haven't heard any of this audio either. So you actually don't know who I have or- any context no, of the conversation. No, I did not. A, I didn't know that you got 23 interviews, yeah. and B, I didn't know the content. Dude, I hustled. I hustled. Apparently. Yeah, so so we got a ton of interviews. Um, but first, let's make sure we thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. Mm-hmm. So five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Check out the Nissan Titan. By the way, they were at SEMA, had some cool stuff in their booth that we'll talk about later. I did not get a chance to go. There was... I. I uh, All right, how about this? What how do about, I do? I mean, how about a Frontier turned into basically like a trophy truck with a supercharged Titan V8 in it? No joke. And then they had a Nissan Titan XD Cummins that was converted to a dually. What? It was awesome. And, of course, they had the 2020 Titan there, too, with a bunch of okay. accessories and stuff on it. Hey, our friend uh, Josh Daly, uh, Daily Visual. Yeah. He's the rap guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took a Titan. I didn't even know it. He's got yeah, one he, with a 5.6 endurance. Right. He bought that, I think, last year or something, right? I think it, we, last time we went to his shop because he helped us uh, wrap a Land Rover project we were yeah, working he, on. Totally new wrap. He wrapped yeah. the wheels. He wrapped everything. He wraps the you know the, the, the undercarriage. All the you know the, the yeah. It's awesome to see the Titans sort of getting a, a little more prominence at the show. I saw them everywhere, especially XDs. Saw a lot of lifted ones. And then I don't know if you saw my Instagram. I think I posted on Truck Show. It was like a a wide body lowered slammed, you know, like with a road dually? race. Uh, oh no, just like. Like a you know European you know the the company that does uh, the Lamborghini fender flares like their Li- Liberty Walk like, like Liberty Walk it had like those types of flares on the body and the everything bolt was on like, flares yes what on a white Titan did you take a picture yeah, of it? I did I did I posted it up so okay. that was super weird obviously Broncos everywhere because everybody thought Ford was revealing the Bronco I can't tell you anything more than not yet and. Overland vehicles. There's a whole Overland Experience Center, and then gladiators. I will. You say couldn't this. walk five feet without a gladiator. In Upper your face. South Hall. Yeah, the back of Upper South yeah. Hall it was the entire production run of gladiators it for was the past just fifty weeks. Tent city, <laughs> whatever. Tent, okay. yeah. tent freaking city. Yeah. I actually had a funny conversation with uh, Matt Felderman at AEV about that, 
And he's like, you know, we're American Expedition Vehicles. And people keep asking us, like, in our booth, we make all this awesome over or expedition off-road gear, not overlanding gear. But that's what people, you know, usually use it for. And they're coming up, why don't you have tents? He's like, because we don't need tents or we don't make tents and you don't need tents, right? Like, we're different. We're AEV. It was just kind of a funny, like, yeah. to see, like, you would expect out of all the places to have tents, they might have a tent. But no, they're, like, the real deal. They're like, you outfit it how you want. We're giving you the foundation for the vehicle. We're not- It would be weird if you were a tent manufacturer, right? Yeah. And that would be weird because well, I know nothing about tents. No, no, but let's just, oh, fine. Let's say <laughs> that you work for a tent manufacturer, okay. okay? And you think, oh, we've got our new, like, um, extruded aluminum cage. It's really strong. It folds yeah. out. You know, your grandmother could open it really sure. easy. And you're all pumped. And you go to see him and you set up your booth and then you look 10 feet to your right and 10 feet to your left and there's another extruded aluminum tent well, that your grandma so here, could here's open. Well, here's what's funny. My God, there, there are tents on top of tents. Yeah, but here's the deal. There's a difference in tents, right? So there's like a couple of Chinese companies make the tents for everybody with a few exceptions of the really high quality stuff. And some of the stuff that used to be high quality have been purchased by other manufacturers. And I saw direct ripoffs of those tents in a cheaper quality. And so for me, uh, I, I did get, well, probably won't hear it in this episode, but coming up, uh, James Baroud, which I think makes the best tent that you can get. You've, you've talked about that brand yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So they make the hard tents, right? The hard shell, so you don't have to worry about the fabric, getting all UV and zipping it up and all that. And they look like a, you know, like a Yakima or a Thule rack on top of your vehicle, and they stow really compactly. Like, those are awesome. But, like, the fabric tents, everywhere. I mean, if I needed to take a nap, I was uh, I was two booths away from finding a place to lay down. There was a mannequin in one of them with the uh, on its side with the shoe sticking out of the tent that at first I thought <laughs> was someone taking a nap. Well, I mean, it, it definitely could have been. Yeah. Definitely right. could have been. So what do we have queued up first? All right. Uh, I think I gave you a number. Oh, this is a good one. For all you country music fans out there, this is an interview I scored with country music artist Michael Ray. You did not. Yeah, so no, he had didn't. he had a a Jeep. He's uh Hold on. <clears throat> well, I have to queue it up anyway. So, hold on. Um GM 8-speed No, no, it's all in order. No, no. This is a it's a Chevy Drive, just open SEMA. That's what I'm looking for. Hang tight. There's three files. Yeah, SEMA yeah open that. That's all you have to do. Yeah, so Michael So Ray. they're all in order. So uh Yeah, so it turns out that he's actual a Jeep guy. So it turns out he's actually a Jeep guy. Third generation Jeep owner. So it's not just like a country music star that his label said, go have a vehicle built or whatever. No, this is a guy that actually loves Jeeping. He lives out in Nashville now, and um, he had a Jeep in the best top booth, so we got it hooked up. It's pretty cool. Really cool guy. All right, it's Holman, and uh, I'm at the uh, best top booth here at SEMA, and I found country music artist Michael Ray. Dude, what's up? What's up, man? This, this is the first interview I've done in my Jeep. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. We're actually in your Jeep. We're actually in the Jeep. Uh, right this is a JK that you had fully outfitted. You live in Tennessee? I do, yeah. I live right outside of Nashville. By the way, I love Nashville. So this is not an impersonator. This is really Michael Ray. No, it's really him, and uh, we've got pictures to prove it. Super nice guy, and... Uh, I hope he and I have a date later. You'll hear later in the interview. I'm trying to set up a date with him. Well, your wife's going to be Oh, it's a mandate. It's, it's, not, it's not like, you know, I'm going to cheat on my wife or it's anything. It's a whiskey date? Uh, you'll find out. Okay. By the way, I love Nashville, but i got to ask you a question. Hattie B's or Prince's? Oh, uh, I'm going to say Hattie B's. <laughs> I'm a Hattie B's yeah, fan, yeah, too. Yeah. All right. I get out to Nashville a couple times a year, and I just I love I love Nashville. It's one of my favorite. Best sweet tea, you know. Maybe Texas is a close second. But. Tastes good. You got you got to get some just Central Florida great grandma's sweet tea. Where okay, you, where you got right, yeah. you got to chew the sugar to get through. <laughs> where there's so much syrup in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right on. So uh, this is your first SEMA. 
It is, man. You know, I've, I've heard about them, obviously, but never, never been able to go to one and been able to be here and, and, and see my Jeep here on the showroom floor. And wait, wait, this is your first year at SEMA, and you have a vehicle here. Yeah. Dude, all right. Most of us come and like, we work our way up to having a vehicle here. But yeah. It's pretty awesome. Well, thanks to the people at Best Top for, for, for making that happen. But, but how but, nervous are you when every person walking by comes by and, like, with their fingers down the side. <laughs> it has been weird seeing everybody like touch it. I'm like, wait, that's mine. No. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool, man, because you know, I mean, we got we got such great great add-ons to that. Thanks to Best Top, and I I I, I love seeing everybody kind of just because everybody here is. I mean, this is this is what they love. This is their passion, oh, you know. Yeah. So for people to be taking photos of my Jeep or or admiring it's it, validation, it's right? validation, yeah. man. I just kind of feel like you know, all right, yeah, the Jeep community likes it. It yeah, checks they're, that they're, box, you know. Listen, you're obviously huge in the country music scene, but you know you're an enthusiast too and so it it's a big deal to also be accepted in the jeep and off-road scene too it is man you know i i was telling my wife she about just the jeep community in general you know i'm third generation jeep lover and and, um my grandfather my dad my uncle i grew up with them and so the the community what i love about it is like you might not even know that person over there but if they got a jeep and you got a jeep do your friends you got them yeah you know and we've talked about this on the show before but for me it's the difference between the you know the the truck on highway community and the off road community is, if you break down off road, that next guy might be the dude that saves your life. You're not 100%, calling AAA. One hundred percent, no. So I think the way people are is they're a lot more inclusive. There's not as many like little factions battling each other and stuff. Absolutely, it's, it's your jeeper. You know that's why do you think there's a jeep wave, right? The jeep wave, <laughs> the jeep wave is my favorite thing. How many man? people like you drive by and they do the jeep wave? You do bang, dude. That was Michael Ray. You know what? You know what pissed me off was I like, don't do it. I'm like, man, get out of there, dude. That's funny. So let's talk about your Jeep. What uh, what are all the stuff, uh, all the things that have been done to it? Yeah. So you know, well, first off, we got these PRP uh, custom seat covers that I was just telling Kyle over there, yeah, at PRP, yeah. that I get stopped so many times. Hey, I'm gonna pause this real quick, Coleman, yeah. because um, PRP to me was they did side by side. Yeah. They're, they're really big in, yeah. inside. Yeah, they, side they by do side racing industry. seats and stuff like that. We yeah. use them uh, for Jeep builds and stuff in the past. But, but they, they have a. I I I, I saw Saw their presence more at in Upper South Hall than mm-hmm. I've ever seen it. Yeah, they're they're definitely doing something right. What's interesting is uh, were they purchased? If you're, I'm not sure. If you're familiar with the PRP seats, they have like a, like a carbon fiber sort of a, a, a fabric on top of some of the racing seats. You know, it's it's like a pressed into the the fabric. It's really cool. Well, now they're doing a Jeep seat covers where you have that look without having to replace your seat. And mm. so that's what he had on his Jeep, and they can do different colors and stuff. It's really cool. About people asking me about my custom seats. Yeah, and I'm and like, they're just covers. They're just covers. But they're bro. nice. But they are the best covers, yeah. man. They're breathable. They're just, I love them. Uh, the, my, these core doors from Best Top. By the way, these are core half doors with holes in them. They actually beat Mopar and Jeep to the punch by actually having a door available. These things are pretty cool. Man, they're it's it, they're incredible. Do you take off that top panel? Literally, yeah. open your door, pull it up. Yeah. The, the panel on the end where the door is, you just, there's about, what, 10 knobs, I think. You just yeah. turn them. Middle panel comes out, boom, you're, you're driving with no doors. Yeah, so it feels way more open, but if you got kids in the car or something like that, you don't have to worry about feeling like they're going to fall out or right, something. Right, yeah, it comes with the safety, but still feeling like, you have, still feeling like you're, you're, you're cruising with no doors. And then this top, full convertible, look, just two latches right here. Yep. Open, and you just push it back. And what I love about this top is driving down the road. I remember I was, I would tell the story all the time, but remember when I was a kid and, uh, you be in the passenger seat. My dad had his old Jeep, and you're screaming over yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yelling top. at each other. And, and the uh, uh, transfer case levers rattling because yes. the bushings are all worn <laughs> yes. out. And, yes. and there's probably, like, 
I don't know, somebody left the jacket on the back seat and it's like dangerously close to being blown out of the back. 100% or, push, or, or blown across <laughs> your face. Across yeah. face you yeah. <laughs> and uh, so what I, what I love about this, once a, if you go full door and put this top down and you, we can talk like we're talking right now, yeah. driving down the road. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and by the, the way, it's super loud outside. You hear all the announcements and people like, we found your Jeep because it was like, we were like, this could be in the Jeep because it's quieter than that. It's the quietest right? spot right? here at SEMA. Um, one of the things that we also added on was the Netto 37 uh, Ridge Grapplers, which yep. is, what I love about these, these these wheels is that, one, I drive this Jeep every day whenever I'm home. So I'm driving it in the city in Nashville, but I'm also taking it off roads. I'm also cruising. We're yeah. also, Carly and I, my wife, we, we take it off as much as we can. So what I love about these wheels is it's, they're quiet on the road, but you can go straight from the road, right straight the to the dirt. Yeah. They're going to grip and rip, and they're going to be there for you. And, uh, and they, 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 they look great, but they they're also do the job. So what made you uh, pick this Jeep and start the build? What was, you know, obviously you said your third generation, but from an enthusiast standpoint, I know a lot of people, they see the celebrity builds or, or the artist builds at Seaman, they're like, oh, whatever, that, a company just paid that dude, he's not the real deal. But you you are actually a Jeeper. Yeah, man, been my whole life, like I said, you know, my, one of my first ones I remember was my, my dad's buddies, uh, CJ7, man. Oh, Being yeah. a kid and seeing that. First Jeep I ever rode in was a CJ7. A buddy of mine had a bikini top. It was poor. Same. Yeah? Yeah. I had to sit in the back seat because I was the youngest of the three of us. You know, my buddy Jason driving and the three of us, right? I'm in the back seat, but, and we were at a uh, stoplight, torrential downpour, <laughs> and I'm watching the bikini top start, like, coming lower oh, yeah. and lower. So he sees that. I'm in the back, right? I'm already miserable and wet. Pops the clutch. All the water from the bikini top goes right, right over the top of me. It's like, uh, so that was my first Jeep experience. That's really. Jeeping, man. That's, that's <laughs> it's like... Suck it up, Buttercup. Suck it up, man. That's what my my uncle. Uh, he rhino lined the floor of his in Florida, oh, yeah. and he just because he that's what he he lived. He's one that taught me just the the, the Jeep in life. Being a being a Jeeper, like man, these things are made to go off road yeah. to 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 kind of just it's like therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you get sure. off road and you lose. I owned yourself a fifty one CJ three A flat fender. So oh wow, we took that out to Moab Easter Jeep Safari one year. Yeah. I did Hell's Revenge in the snow. It was snowing. In my old flat fender, had the original uh, flathead four cylinders. No way. 60 horsepower. And we're like going up this uh, Hell's, uh, on Hell's Revenge, this big long fin. It's like. I'm like, uh oh, I don't know if we're going to make it. And as we got to the top, like. That's the best feeling in the world, bro. It's the best feeling in the world when you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then it just comes in clutch for you, man. That's awesome. But yeah, so this Jeep for me, you know, I when I finally was able to get my own Jeep. Or my first Jeep, I'm sorry. Uh, I just had a 2000, I want to say 2012 um, gunmetal gray and black. Yeah, I got a 12 at home, 12 and, uh, and then, you know, thank you. Know, our music career started working, and, and we were able to finally get upgraded a little yeah. bit. And so this Jeep, I love the color of it. Um, I love the kind of maroon dark color. And, uh, and I knew that this was a Jeep that I wanted to make my toy and, and yeah, to, yeah. to put the add-ons on and, and to, uh, to, to make it the Jeep that I have in my head. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you have going on music side? Your career, I know you, uh, you've got, I mean, I think what, the last two years have been insane. I think I found you on the highway on uh, yeah. Sirius. Yeah, it's man. like a new artist, and I'm like, dude, that, that guy's cool. And then these guys are like, hey, you want to interview Michael Ray? And say, oh, yeah, dude, I appreciate it. it, man. I'm honored, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah man, you, this last year has been crazy. Um, you know, celebrated number one, and, and uh, we uh, been headlined the CMT tour. Nice. was out with Old Dominion, um, out with my buddy Brantley Gilbert. Um we are back out with Old Dominion this coming up weekend, and then um, 
Mandy, working on a new album, and then uh, and then somehow in the middle of all that, found time to get married <laughs> about yeah. a month ago. So oh man, you're you're super newlywed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah still you're smell. at SEMA right now. Yeah. Right? So I guess she's a keeper. You're, she you're, is, you're man. Deep, right? She gets it. How often do you get to stay at home and, and hang out with the family and stuff? Man, not as much as I would like to. You know, I'm a big family guy. I got three sisters. All my family, uh, they all still live in Florida. I live in Nashville, but so it is tough, man. That's that's the hard part of what we have to what we what we do is yeah. you know grind. F- fortunately, we're busy because we're blessed and we're you know Absolutely. but unfortunately it takes away the time from yeah. our loved ones and yeah. and uh, so you know trying to find that balance of being able to get to Florida and see our families especially when you're hitting for the first time and kind of making your name for you you gotta you gotta you know run with it you yeah. gotta hit it while you can yeah, man and, and, and grab it and take it as far as you can because you never know you when never God's know. gonna yeah no, you know, nothing uh, nothing's for sure now it's gonna last forever nope, brother so nope. Right on. Well, uh, so next time uh, I'm in Nashville, should I be uh, looking for this Jeep in the Hattie B's parking lot? Hell yeah, man. Hit me up, bro. We'll go. (laughs) Get some uh, some hot chicken. Dude, I'm I'm definitely, uh, I got a trip coming for the end of the year. So, uh, you know, if uh, you're down for some hot chicken and sweet tea, I'm I'm down. Always, brother. If I'm in in town, I'm down. I appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. Listen to you suck up to Michael Ray. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what's cool is that dude was the most genuine guy. Oh, I mean, you we, can tell. You've you've done the whole like celebrity, the band guys. You know the guys that have shtick. Um, you can see right through it. And this yeah. guy is uh, no, no. He's he's it, a real deal. And I, listen, I, I've listened to his music. I knew who he was, but I've never met the guy. And so I walk up to the best stop booth because we had a scheduled interview, and he couldn't have been nicer, warmer. More accommodating. It wasn't like, hey man, I've got ten minutes. That's it. He's like, hey, where do you want to do? You want to do it in the Jeep? It's probably quiet. And we walked around his Jeep for a minute. Uh, I mean, just shook my hand. Was ex- incredibly warm. So if you haven't heard Michael Ray's music, uh, you can find him at on uh, social at Michael Ray Music. Uh, give him a, give him a listen because he's one of the good guys out there, and uh, I really appreciated uh, getting to know him for a few minutes. All right, who we got next? So I was on the uh, Overland uh, Experience panel, I guess, right? And uh, they had a whole Overland area um no wait a minute stop the overland experience panel so so had they had like an area set up for overlanding but I, I gotta, and then they had a panels of people throughout the week in I, like, no no i i really i get i get okay them. what i'm saying is really it's just freaking off-roading and just tent camping on your car what are you using my line now i'm just but I'm i said that like, in my thing i get it was, you should have heard the gasps but what I'm are like, you guys this isn't new we've been doing it for decades that we did it in with an igloo cooler and a sleeping bag in the back of our grandpa's truck, right? It's the same thing. And so, why are they assembling? Because it's a buzzword now. Like right. the whole industry is going that way because people are are it's you know, they're coming up with this word. But I was on this interesting panel that was about um, marketing and authentic storytelling in the overlanding space. And so, one of the things we were talking about is how in overlanding, everybody's trying to define what it is. It's like stop defining it. Overlanding is about freedom and getting away and, and going on an adventure in your backyard or 100 miles away or 1,000 miles away. It doesn't matter. Stop trying to, to be pinkies out with it and be, you know, oh, I need to have a roof tent. I need to have all you You need a sleeping bag, a good car, and a, and a cooler full of stuff. That's it. And with so many people coming in, like, all socioeconomic levels, I was, you know, we were talking about influencers and where the space is going. It's like, don't define it. Let people at any budget level enjoy it. Because it should be about freedom, hanging out with family, getting away from it all. But are we stuff. worried that it's going to be where if you don't have a three hundred dollars shovel, that? But uh, that's what I'm saying is like the the thing about it is it's car camping with badass gear, right? The innovation in the space is awesome. I'm I'm not going to take that away. Uh, we do a lot of overland stuff for four wheeler. Um, we've been doing. By the way, I had to remind people. You know where the original overland coverage was? No, four wheeler magazine back with Turtle Expedition in the '80s. So we've been talking about and bringing overlanding to the masses 
for literally decades. And all these people think, oh, well, I'm the first guy to do all this. And it's not true. Like Four Wheeler was doing it before anybody. So I kind of wanted to temper that a little bit and be like, guys, and, and back in 2009, I built a Toyota 4Runner that was Overland style with a rooftop tent for Toyota's booth. And I'm like, <laughs> I was there nine years ago doing that, right? There, nobody, nobody was really in the space, right? Uh, except for the really hardcore but guys that are traveling But everyone's been doing it. It just now right. has a name. I know, but what I mean by doing is I built a vehicle specifically with right. the Overland theme, right? And uh, anyway, it was What just did you funny. call it back then? Uh, I don't know. It was like Project 4Runner. <laughs> I don't know what you called that Right, one. but I'm saying like, what did you Over- call- We called it Overlanding. You did. But it just didn't- Wait a minute. Are you saying that- Because to me, this term is only- Three years old. Oh, God, four no. Years no, old. no, 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 no. No, no, but as far as the masses are concerned. As far as the masses are concerned, yes. But overlanding as a as a general, here's the, the best way somebody said it to me. He goes, listen, overlanding used to be a verb. Today's industry has turned overlanding into a noun. Sure. And that's that's exactly what it is. We used to go overlanding. Now you're an overlander, right? Yeah. And that's the difference. Now that it's a noun, it's a thing. But those of us who have been around it for a long time are like, yeah, but it's been a thing forever. So anyway, um, the gentleman come, uh, who's up next is Dan Greck. He has an amazing social page uh, called The Road Chose Me. He and I were on a panel together. He went to Africa in a mostly stock Jeep and then circumnavigated it for three years. What? And just got back. And he's he's got a couple books on is Amazon. Is he rich? Like, how did no, he afford he's not. to do it? No, it's fascinating. And he's got a couple books he's written about the experience. You can get them on Amazon. He's got a great social page. Uh, and he's documented his journey. And he just said, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. And I just decided one day I had to go do something different. And I decided I was going to go travel the world. I'm like, I got to talk to you. So this is Dan Greck in this next interview. I'm over here in the Overland Experience area at SEMA, and I'm with Dan Greck. And uh, Dan and I have been on a couple panels together for about overlanding, and he's got a pretty interesting story. In fact, I saw your vehicle before I met you, and uh, outside you've got a, a Jeep that has a big uh, Africa decal on the hood. That's right. Yeah, I managed to secure a pretty good spot here at SEMA to display. An excellent spot, right yeah. outside South Hall. Yep, and uh, the map on the hood is is the Africa map of where I've driven that vehicle. So, you took three years and basically circumnavigated the continent of Africa. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, I, I built, awesome. built my Jeep into a house on wheels so I could get as remote as possible, everything I needed for living and enjoying myself. And then I shipped it over there and, and basically set out on this monster adventure. That's crazy, three years. Uh, I've been to Africa. See, from Australia, New Zealand, where is it? You know what, I actually don't know. Because I can't really, I don't, I'm bad at accents and I, I don't know. Yeah. It definitely no, sounds Australian, but. I, w- I was so enamored with hearing his story. I didn't even, I don't even think I asked uh, where he was from. Were you starry eyed? Did you fall in love? No, no, no. That was with Michael Ray. I wasn't going to cheat on oh, him. Okay. <laughs> three years. Uh, I've been to Africa. I've had a chance to do uh, some wheeling in uh, uh, South Uganda National Park and in Morocco. But the places that you went look absolutely incredible. All right. Now. He's got to pause for a second. Yeah. Is this going to happen on every interview where they say, I did something, and then you say, so did I? You know what it is? is it's uh, You're trying to be relatable. I'm trying I get to be it. credible and relatable to them because what's interesting in the podcast space is there's so many people trying to do it that have no credibility. A lot of these guys are like, oh, podcast cool, host bad. And so it's like, listen, I'm, you know, I've done this. That is a bitchin' shirt. <laughs> podcast <laughs> cool, host bad. bad. Should those be our next shirts? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a hat. Hold on. I'm writing that down right now because you know we will forget. It, we'll make it plural. Podcast. Yeah. Cool. All right. Podcast. Host bad. <laughs> cool. 
Hosts bad. <laughs> I mean, when I set out, Sean, I thought it would take two years. Um, and, yeah, exactly. And it just was so much more beautiful. And I was having such a good time. I just wanted to stay longer and longer. Yeah. So I kept extending visas and I kept trying to scrounge money to find a way to stay longer. Uh, I was amazed when I've been in Africa, the people. The people are, are unbelievable, especially when you go through little villages, showing the kids their picture that you take with your camera where they haven't seen themselves at for, you know, for the, maybe for the first time. And just the experience, the way their faces light up. It's just, an, um, Africa's an amazing place. There is no doubt, Sean. You know, I'll, I'll remember lions and elephants and the fun sure. four-wheel driving for a long time, but I'll remember the people for the rest of my life. So let's talk about your vehicle. Okay, yeah, it's a 2011 JK Wrangler so, Rubicon. So you've got the uh, the... the Better interior, but you have the 3.8 uh, V6. That's exactly right, yeah. yeah. And it's a six-speed, so it doesn't have kind of the, the crappy auto. Yeah. Um, My 12 has a six-speed, too, because I'm a manual guy. So nice. I, I, we're, we're brothers in that way. Perfect, yeah. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, driving maybe is a little bit boring. Yeah, boring. A lot, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of bit boring. <laughs> and so I knew, you know, the Wrangler Rubicon, it's pretty capable from the factory. Sure. I don't need bigger axles. I don't need a Hemi. I don't need 40-inch tires. Yeah. But what I do need is, like, comfortable living space. So I, I put on a pop-top roof. And it's quite unique in I can actually stand up and walk around in the back of the Jeep. Can we contact him later to do some jingles for us, like a new intro and outro? And Well, I actually want to have him on the show later to, to go into more depth because we only had, you know, 10 minutes or so. And I'm sure he would totally do that. Like, super nice guy. Um, just, just one of those guys, like, I want to go camping with him and just hang out to hear him talk. Like, I want to sit around a campfire and have Dan Greck tell me stories. <laughs> okay, so it basically replaces your factory hardtop. With, uh, is it like a Ursa Minor? Or? Exactly right, okay. yeah, an Ursa Minor. Yeah, perfect. So basically it's a hardtop replacement that is uh, like a self-contained living quarters where the top pops up like a like a Westphalia camper or something like that, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and when I was building the Jeep, actually, some friends of mine called it Jeepfalia. <laughs> That's awesome. So you have your whole, your own brand, you're on Instagram, it's The Road Chose Me, right? That's right, yeah. Instagram, it, YouTube videos from all of Africa. Okay. Um, and I've published a couple of books as well. Where, where can people find you on YouTube? Same, The Road Chose Me? Yeah, The Road Chose Me, and then theroadchoseme.com, and my books are on Amazon. Okay. Yep. Awesome, and that's Dan Grek. And, and what, when did you make the trans, you know, the transition to, I'm going to be a world traveler? Like, what was your job before that? And then where was the point where you pivoted and said, I'm going to give it all up because I want to go seek out adventure? And then you did it. Yeah, it was, it was about 10 years ago. I used to be an engineer, you know, and, and so I'd sit at my desk every day and, and beautiful nature was outside and I was stuck inside. Yeah, right. And I, I pinched myself and I said, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? You know, I'm not going to retire till I'm 65. And I was only 25 at the time. I thought this is madness, you know, just to be able to buy one house or something. So yeah, I, I quit my job. I sold all my stuff. And actually my first trip, I drove up to Alaska and then I turned around and drove all the way down to Argentina. Because you could? Because I could, yeah. And I had just a tiny little two-door stock Wrangler. I didn't even know what overlanding was. I didn't have a rooftop tent. I didn't have a fridge. <laughs> I just, I had a ground tent and a sense of adventure. And I mean, it changed my whole life. I loved it. So how hard is it? I mean, I think a lot of people hear about you guys who go out and travel the world and you go through all these multiple countries and cover a continent. What is the process even like? I mean, you have your passport and do you have, going from one country to the other, do you have to preset your visas? Do you, are there some countries that allow you to pass through freely? How does that whole process work? Because I don't think real, the average person even understands what that's like. Yeah, it depends a little bit on where you're going in the world. But you know, for example, from here in the US down to Argentina, all you need is your passport and the title to your vehicle and you can cross every single border right now, no pre-arranging anything, 
Some countries. Are you up for an adventure? Because I'm kind of <laughs> feeling like taking your Jeep out of the show, and we should just go start heading south, see what happens. Seriously, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and you just, you know, you get yourself stamped into the country with your passport. You go over to customs and you get the vehicle stamped in. They'll usually give you 30 day entry. Sometimes you buy local insurance for 10 or 20 bucks. That sounds super sketchy having the title with you. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Right. If you get rolled. You get knifed on the side or a, something. And a, he's take... admitting he's got very little money. Yeah. And if his, if his Jeep gets taken. Is the most expensive thing he has. Now he's homeless. Wait, no, and no, 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 no. You got to think of it this way. The adventure continues. Yes, it does. <laughs> and then you're away for a month per country. And it's, it really is that easy. And they often just smile and wave and say, have fun. Bye. Have you ever felt unsafe in your travels? Have you ever found yourself on private property and you didn't know it like those are the things i think people think about how do you travel all these miles is, is everything bliss on the road or I'm, I'm sure you have your stories oh i mean it's not always bliss thing things go wrong i, I got malaria twice um Jeez. i rolled my Did, didn't didn't have your cipro with you or no, they were bad days <laughs> yeah, um, that sounds like a horrible I, day i rolled my jeep on its side in oh. uganda you know and I, I thought the whole dream had come crashing down but in terms of you know people by the way you have the best bar story forever because that <laughs> Wait, you glossed right over the fact that he had malaria. Oh, no, no. We'll keep going. Okay. Forever? Because somebody <laughs> will say like, oh, yeah, last week I did. You're like, I rolled my Jeep in Uganda. <laughs> I also think my vehicle is the only one at SEMA that's covered in duct tape. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I, just, I loved it. I actually uh, took some photos of it, walked around it, and then I realized, oh, that's Dan who I'm on this panel with. I'm like, <laughs> we have to talk to you because, you know, people come to SEMA and everything's shiny, and the occasional person might have, oh, it's dirty on one side and clean on the other. I ran through a mud pit. Yours is like beat, beaten down and battered and bruised and every scar in that thing has a story, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy to show people what it looks like in real life. You know, there's yeah. a little bit of surface rust on it now. Yeah. It definitely has dints and scratches, but that's why I bought it. Like, that's the whole point of the thing. How many miles are on it? Uh, it's about 180,000 now, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and I bought it used, actually. Okay. It had, it had 60,000 on it when I bought it. How many miles? So are all of those basically overland adventure miles? Yeah, all of them. So the hardest kind. Yeah, that's right. All right, what spare parts do you bring? I'm guessing like an air filter, things like that, some oil. What, what was your, your list for the vehicle itself to keep you going? Yeah, my thought process was things that I can carry and replace myself that would be showstoppers if they broke. Yeah. So serpentine belt, radiator hoses, consumables like filters and yep. oils. Um, but nothing internal to the engine, you know, because even if I drop a piston or a valve, I mean... You're I, not doing that in the I, bush? No, I'm not doing that myself yeah. on the side of the road. And even in fact, I don't have an alternator or a starter because everywhere you go in Africa, locals don't have access to spare parts. Okay. They just repair things and they fix things. Yeah, interesting. So they'll, they'll dismantle your alternator, you know, figure it put, out, put and... new brushes in it, clean yeah. it all up, and you're good to go for five years. That's amazing. Yeah, so you don't need a new one, you just need to rebuild the old one. Uh, what are the books that you have out that our listeners can uh, check out on Amazon? Right, so my first book, The Road Chose Me, Volume 1. Okay. That's stories and lessons learned from Alaska to Argentina. Awesome. Amazing. And I, I like to encourage people, you know, once they've read it, they'll know they can do it as well. Okay. Because they really can. I, I'm just a guy. I didn't have any sponsors. My Jeep cost $5,000, you know, and, and I just went for it and had this amazing adventure. Awesome. Um, and now I've published a photography book from Africa, and that's called 999 Days Around Africa. That is awesome. Well, super inspiring. Um, when I saw the Jeep, I'm like, I, I got to find this guy. And then I realized I'm sitting right next to him. We need to, uh, we need to talk to you. So uh, at The Road Shows Me. That's right. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, any travels coming up? Are you going to take a break for a while or what's your next adventure? Uh, I have to hunker down for the winter and write my next book and then absolutely more travels on the horizon. All right, well, let's stay in touch because uh, I'd love to have you back on and, and, and talk about your next adventure when you're ready for it. Fantastic, Sean. Right. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dan. So here's the takeaway. So most of us don't take advantage of our of our 20s. No, right? at all. 
And then we get into our 30s and yep. then we meet someone. And we start getting established. We, we get established. Yep. We have a, a family and then we have bills yep. and we have more bills. And then and then that that time when you could have done what Michael did. Yep. No. Um, what's his name again? Uh, Dan. Dan. That time when you could have done what Dan did. And it just stinks. No. And it, you it, then, you, but you, you don't can know it. do it. But you can do it once your kids have left the house and all that. But right. then are you- do you have the energy anymore to do that? Right. No, it, it's uh, one of those things where it's like if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this show right now and you have a dream, go do go go take a couple years off and go do it. Because life goes by really fast and the world will be there when you get back. Yeah, exactly. You could take some time off to go explore or chase a dream and you can still circle back you have plenty of time. Yeah. Because, like you said, once you get settled and you have a house and you grow roots and you have responsibilities and the bills and all the other things that come with adulthood, I mean, to to, to go back to myself in my 20s, which I'm pretty happy with what I did, but I didn't do anything that epic. I did things I wanted to do. I wish I would have taken the, the, the chances and had, hadn't had my head down and focused so hard on on. Where I need to get uh, and I, where obviously you know what I was doing in my twenties. Yeah. I was at the radio station, yeah. and all I cared about was impressing the guys that I worked for. Right, and I I look up and I here I am the age I am today, and I think I did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, but I didn't travel Africa. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I I was fortunate enough to drive to Alaska. You had back, amazing but, experiences. I mean, I think yours is different because you, again, you did go to Alaska. You went to Nova Scotia, and as part of your job, just like with my job, I've you know raced in the Baja One Thousand, or I've gone to Africa, or whatever. But to truly take be that free. moment to be free and do it on your own without anybody directing you—that's a whole. That's a whole. That's next level. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like you—you you took the watch off. Yeah. You threw the calendar in the ocean. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that would be polluting. But you know, <laughs> like you just whatever when the sun comes up, ah, that's I'll decide yeah. what I'm going to do that day. You yeah. know, if you're living at home with your parents, rent free, and their whole deal is get established and you can stay here as long as you want until you're you know 25 or. 30 or whatever. That sucks. Don't do B- that. Bail out. Tell, tell your rents that, hey, save me a spot for a couple of years. I'll be back. You know, two Christmases from now, I'll see you. But I, I got an adventure to live. Yeah. All right, so who is next? All right, so this is a truck builder. By the way, this is kind of a treat for me, just sitting back and listening. And you I didn't, didn't have to really do any work? Be, yeah, didn't, didn't have to do <laughs> well, well, you did work. You didn't I do any work for us. I was a lot of work. That's true. Ah, damn, that was a lot of work. <laughs> it really was a lot of work. I, uh, I was- Everyone boned out. It was me- and this company called Showlink, yeah, put like that we hired. Welcome to, to marketing to, to brand put manager. Back, to, you know what's weird though? I get so I know a lot of other people in the industry that do what I do. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm standing in the convention center, five o'clock Friday afternoon because okay. convention SEMA closes at four on right. Friday to make way right. for SEMA Ignited, so all the cars can get out. Yep, trucks can get out. True story. And um, I'm looking around. Not a single freaking marketing person, as far as I can see. Why am I the only guy in there breaking stuff down? Am I an idiot? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, for, I think, somebody has this formula figured out, and you need to go tap them. Well, like, I just, I feel like if I'm the one that set it up, shouldn't I stay there to oversee it? All the everyone just boned out and let their you know let their staff do it or is it because I hired a company to do it? Let them let them. I'm like, no, man, this is. But is it because you're like too much of a micromanager? And you don't want to delegate because maybe they have teams they could delegate to, and you just need to get yourself there. I didn't there. see any teams. It's just all these hired guys, you know, union workers and stuff. Oh, the Teamsters? The Teamsters. By, oh, the Mafia? By the way, total Mafia there. Yeah, no, you know what? I, how, I had a Tell real... people how much it costs for them to plug in a cord. No, I'm not going to. 
What I am going to say is that I had a really good experience with Freeman, the company that is that that body that you're talking about. Yep. They do everything there. The dudes were really cool. Yes, they're making a boatload as far as way too much to hang a sign, way too much to plug in an outlet or a, a cord into an outlet. But I had a, they were great. No, they're definitely professionals, but it's just it's it's robbery. Yeah. Yeah, a little for bit. Sure. What okay. Kind of, what are you doing? There's math going on. Yeah, on yeah. Side. What, what are you doing? So I just want. I was looking at. So I've got my my Apple Watch, right? And everybody says that if you walk the whole show, you walk 20 miles. So I wanted to see what my five days of SEMA were. I was told. Hold on a second. I was told. Okay, I I want to see from from my recollection, North, Central, and South. Every uh, it was. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Your recollection is fading. Well, I was gonna say it was eight eight and a half miles. Okay. But, okay. All right. Well, that makes this even better. The five days I was there, per my Apple Watch, which tracks all my movement every day, I walked 72,000 steps for a total of 34 miles. Oh, wow. Dude, 34 miles of walking in five days. There was one day I left the convention center to go to my hotel, and the monorail line was like an hour. So I walked a mile up the street to my yeah. hotel because I'm just like, I'm not so waiting I, that long. And, and you heard me complain about my knee. I've yeah. never in my whole life had any issues with my knees. Not one, not ever. Never a problem with my knee. And my right knee- Yeah. On From Thursday standing. night, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I thought it was going to blow out. Yeah, like standing. I thought that it was going to crumble. It was the weirdest thing. It sucked, and it still hurts you, right now. You can't fall apart on me. Although, thank God we have chairs in the studio. Right. What happens if we ever get those high radio desks where you stand? And I love do, those. Can we, I had those for fifteen years? I love those desks. Do I have to get you like a thick foam mat to stand on if we do that? No. Okay. Good. I mean, I, I, have, I still have another leg. By the way, thirty-four <laughs> miles. That's a lot. Uh, who's next? All right, so uh, this is uh, truck builder Johnny G built a cool C10 that was in the United Pacific. Booth. Did you make that name up? I did not. Everybody at SEMA has a Johnny G or Shorty. Or I was standing in in uh, in the elevator today. Smalls, Bigs. No, with Shorty. No worries. Shorty, yeah, and he made a '63 Impala or something yeah. that everybody was oogling about. Well, you know, yeah. is it oogling or ogling? Uh, I think it's oogling. Okay, just checking because we've asked before, and I don't know if we ever came to a consensus. It's on oogled. O o o oogle. Ah ah, is one silent? What? what? All right, just, just just play the tape. <laughs> All right, I'm over in the United Pacific booth. I've been trying to get over here for like three days, and uh, it's, this is like one of my first interviews because I've been running around SEMA. But uh, I'm here in front of this beautiful C10 built by Johnny G. And Johnny... Uh... Well, we should tell people what United Pacific is. So United Pacific, they are a, um, a retailer and distributor of parts for... Uh, older Classic trucks. Chevys. Classic and stuff. Chevys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do, right. you know, you, you can get your repop bumper and, you know, trim pieces, you know, that kind of stuff. Johnny, uh, walk us through this truck. This thing is slammed. <laughs> and it's it's patinaed, clear coated, it's gorgeous. Man, this thing is just, I feel like I walk around it for the next, uh, you know, hour and pick up details. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not, it's just polished, man. No clear coat. Really? That's yeah, is that yeah. all original paint? All, all wow, original paint. Man. I mean, besides the roof. The roof, yeah. So yeah. You, and, and the white strip, yeah. It's, it's got just, a white roof, it's got a white strip with the, uh, with the trim on the side. Yep, what yep. year is this one? It's a 66. Okay. Yeah, 66. So 66, and it's got, it's like a mint green patina. It's, um, you know, this truck has definitely earned it, but you see a lot of patina trucks that are are tore up, the body works bad. This one has yeah, really yeah. nice body work. Yeah. So and, and sporting the patina in the way it should be, right? Yeah, yeah. So this one came out of Nevada, uh, out of Pahrump. Um, Desert truck was it sitting in some rancher's backyard? I, yeah, I guess so. It was a it was a long bed, small back window. Okay. So uh, my buddy Kyle that I built the truck with, uh, he did metal work. Boom, made it a short bed, 
did the big back window yep. conversion. Awesome. And then, yeah, besides like, a, but besides the top, like I said, we just polished it. That's unbelievable. And a super, super solid truck. Did it have all the uh, all the trim and, and chrome, or it, was that it, stuff yeah. that you added? Yeah, it did. It did have the trim. It was awesome. you know all of, this is my favorite behind the door on yeah. the B pillar. That's always my favorite piece of trim on these trucks. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So obviously we replaced them uh, with Marque yep. Marque stuff. But um, yeah, it came, it came with all trim. And you guys are uh, hanging out in the United Pacific booth and maybe talk about some of the, uh, the products that you have from them. Yeah, so on this, on this truck, um, obviously lighting, um, you know, headlights, marker lights, tail lights um, is all from United Pacific. Um, as long as we did rock lights in the wheels, that's why the wheels are changing yeah, colors. Cool. Um, but we also did like vent windows, um, window cranks, door yeah. handles, mirrors, side mirrors. All the little stuff you do. Yeah, all the accessories uh, are from United Pacific. So how long did it take you to build? Um, we got about six months in this one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You do what? Uh, staggered figures at 20s on the front, like 24s on the back? So, so yeah, they're 22s front and rear. Okay. So we did eight and a half in the front, and it's got a 12 in the rear. Yeah, that thing is super wide. That's yeah. A big, yeah. Big, big ass hoop. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is cool. Has it, has it been getting some pretty uh, pretty good attention? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a C10 Nation thing a little earlier, yep. but yeah, all all with, uh, with my buddy Ronnie. Yeah, with Ronnie from yeah, C10. I gotta, I gotta go find that guy. He and I were supposed <laughs> to do some podcasting together, uh, and. Cool. and and our schedules haven't messed yet, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just, you know, my podcast is better than his, just so you know. <laughs> no, we love Ronnie. We, we, uh, we, we share a bunch of the same listeners and all that stuff. And Ronnie's been on our show. We've been on Ronnie's show, and he's, he's, he's awesome. Awesome, awesome. So what yeah. do you have under the, the hood for power and the transom? Yes, so um, under the hood is the new Cummins uh, R2.8. Yep. Four-cylinder um, diesel. And then uh, it's made it to uh, 6L80E yep. GM Trans. Yep. So, so uh, you did a TMI interior, and so he's got the split bench on that. Yeah, yeah, we did the split bench, uh, door panels. Same as my 67 F100, which is uh, oh, like awesome. 90% done. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Getting close. Their product is, you know, bolted yeah, in, awesome. bolted in, you're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's got a big stereo in it. Yeah, uh, so I noticed you guys have stereo block-off plates, and it looks like you have, is it just runs off your phone, and you got so, all the yeah. accessories? Yeah, it's just a Bluetooth controller. Yeah. So I was going to do the same thing on mine, because it's like, I, I had my body guy fill in, the radio oh, okay. panel so my yeah. dash was all smooth and i didn't want to go back and, and put a radio head unit in and no, so yeah. uh, i think we're going to go bluetooth on on this build when we get to that that point anyway yeah definitely definitely cool. whose bed pieces are those uh it's all from rk okay. um yeah kyle uh their original tubs kyle sectioned them pancaked them cool um stretched them and then all the yeah the bed and the trim is from rk man this thing is so cool yeah I just, I just want to sit here and stare at it. <laughs> so if people want to see more of your builds, where do they go? Um, you could follow me on Instagram. Okay. It's at 66Chevy. Um, also, Kyle is uh, at Metalox okay. uh, on Instagram. That's that's pretty much where you'll find us. Cool. We'll send uh, we'll send some people your way. I appreciate your time with the interview. Yeah, today. appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, right, brother. Uh -huh. I did not see that one. It uh, sounded like a pretty pretty spectacular build. Yeah, it was it was gorgeous. I was. It's one of those trucks that... Uh, you walk by and you go, oh, you know, another lowered Chevy. But then when you spend some time walking around it and really taking it in, it's, you could just see the attention to the detail was really, really nice. Um, it had the patina, but the two-tone white on the uh, strip on the side was fresh paint and the roof was fresh paint. And it was body dropped and the bed was, you know, raised with tubs above the uh, rear axle. And Was it laid out completely? It was laid out completely. Oh, but yeah. what was cool about it was even though it was patinaed, every body panel was straight. So it looked like an old truck that had never been dented or got in an accident. Like oh, really? you said, like I looked clear coated. He just polished it so amazingly well that 
it just it it, it looked like there was a layer of clear coat, and there wasn't. It was huh. a really nice truck. Did you see the? Um, you know, I always fanboy out at the AccuWare booth. Which yeah. uh, and I ran into Reno. You know, we oh, yeah, interviewed yeah. Reno, and he yeah. remembered. I, I was ready to like reintroduce yeah. myself, and I'm like, "Hey, it's uh, it's like, hey, what's up? How's the podcast? Nice. Hey, no, right on. really did. He awesome. was super stoked. Very cool. I didn't know this, dude. So they have when you and I interviewed Reno at Acuair. Yeah. He they had they That's were in a while their ago too. newish booth. I'm uh, sorry, not booth. Uh, their newish uh, Almost building. Almost a year ago, right? Yeah. Because it was right after SEMA. Right. They were in a building, a newer, bigger building that like thirty thousand square feet. They are now in a 100,000 square foot building and they have more than 130 employees. That's insane. I know why though. Yeah? Podcast. <laughs> yeah, the podcast <laughs> so it was just, um, I, I, I walked up and I said, hey dude, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud of you for, for congratulations on the success. I mean, you don't think of a company that's making controllers for air systems, right? To lower your truck or car needing 130 employees and a 100,000 square foot building. But the more I learned, I, the, the backstory is that I was hanging out with, when I was there setting up our booth, there was another dude over there doing some woodwork. They were making custom cabinetry and custom tables. Okay. Yeah. Everything that they do, that Reno and his team do, they are just, it's meticulous. They're gorgeous. Everything, they don't use, their, like for instance, their table, did you see where he had the... Um, they're endo tanks, right? Those yeah. those billet aluminum yeah, and tanks. I was kind of upset because I didn't get a chance to go by and talk to them. I was in such a hurry, but I went right by their booth and it was sort of like a burp of the neck. But right. I was I had to get to another appointment and I'm bummed that I missed out. But did out you notice those walnut tables that yes. they had everything on? Yeah. Okay, so that was not laminate. Those were real walnut That's tables. That's crazy. And it was it was just, oh my God, it was just so gorgeous. I wish you guys could have been there. It was just beautiful. Anyway, and they had a McLaren that was laid yeah, out. That, yeah. And what's cool is they had it connected to an iPad. So, so he was just, doing it while people were out of it. You could stand yeah. there and just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I walked yeah. by and I was like, like I said, it caught my attention. I'm like, I, I got to circle back. And I just, it just didn't happen. But so they have the AccuAir Corral just outside the glass doors. And they had, uh, they had a, a C10, a. I forget what else. But the one that caught my eye was the tow truck, the flatbed tow truck. Yes. It was a what it was a Chevy. What was it? Like I I didn't it was a uh it was a black four-door Chevy tow truck with a kind of a uh an olive green Ferrari laid out on top of it. So it was a slam tow truck with, with a slam, slam Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. on it. And it was awesome. just it was getting a lot of eyeballs, and I was one. You know, I was I, two of them. I just wish I had more time. I'm like, uh, you know, SEMA's only four days. People go there for almost two weeks, it seems like, but really the show's only four days. And I tried to schedule everything so I was busy on, on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. That way I would have time to do podcast stuff on Thursday, Friday, and I just, I just ran out of time. Yeah. And you know how SEMA is. When you're walking around, you sometimes can't walk 10 feet without seeing somebody that you know, and then you strike up a conversation because maybe that's the only time during the year you'll see them. I've never had a week go by faster. No, I would never had a week go by faster. I, I absolutely agree. Um, uh, yeah. God, I wish you guys, if you were all in the industry, then you could be there and you could see it for yourself. Yeah. I will say this, though. There are a lot of tire kickers. There are a lot, and I yeah. understand. And I and always, a lot of people who sold their uh, badges, so there's people who shouldn't be there. I don't know if they sold their badges. 100% I think they did. That, okay, well, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't think everyone's an asshole. When, when, I, I, was, that, when I was doing what, um, uh, Launchpad, Zane, who oversees SEMA Education, sure. came on stage, and obviously it's a lot of, like 
high school and college age kids and stuff. So we made them do an oath for SEMA. And part of it was, I will not sell my SEMA badge. Right. So a, a theater of a thousand people. I will not sell. It was so funny. So I think it's just what happens is, uh, you know, you got a you got a, a shop, automotive shop in Des Moines, and yeah. and you're and you're working as hard as you can yeah. to keep that to keep the lights on. And so you signed up, you got your badge, sure. and you're like, I just can't go. So your brother Billy goes, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's just going to go, and he just wants to talk to everybody about his truck. Yep. Or see and celebrities. So they or... come by my booth, and they go, and and I'm and I, and I see I see Billy's Diesel Shop on the yeah. tag, right? And yeah. I go. Oh, bitchin'! I'm going to talk shop, and nope. we're going to see. Does he have an account with us? Right, right, right. Nope. He's like, "Yo, I got a, uh, I got an 07, uh, 6.7 liter Ram, and uh, so what you got for that?" And I go, "Well, wait. So did you just <laughs> yeah. have one truck? Yeah, we you just don't have a yeah. shop. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. nope. We just wanted to. Uh, you guys got that monster Ram? Like, what? Well, the worst thing. You know, like, you, oh man. And so, so that's bad for you in the booth. So that, you, you're right. So, but I can't blow them off. I have to. I have to yeah, treat them like gold. Right. But I now I'm going to waste ten minutes. Well, I'm not wasting ten minutes, but I'm giving you ten I, minutes I, I of my you. time when I should be talking to the guy that owns Billy so, Bob's so you know, shop. You know what the analogy to that is for those of us who are walking around the show. When the dudes in the rented hover rounds are going four wide down the aisle, that and you sucks. cannot get to where you need to go. Yeah. It's like seriously, this is not chips. Single file, please. <laughs> you know? One of my friends has a bum leg. One of our customers that's become a, a pretty a good bump for a leg. <laughs> he's got a brace on his leg, okay. on his knee, oh, and uh, the one that you're going to get soon. He's yeah, I know, I need it, but he's he's a vet and stuff, okay. and he uh, out of the navy. Um, God and, bless and, him. And so no, he's he's badass, funny as hell, and um, anyway, so he has a Segway with off road tires. Oh, those are cool. And so he he pre he called first. We were talking, we're we're uh, DMing back and forth, and like, yeah. hey, you coming out? Yeah, I'm going to be out here because he he was with a guy with a shop and the whole thing. And um, so he's got the Segway, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to take my Segway out. Wait till, and he has like billet rims and stuff on it. It's cool. And I go, you can't ride that. And he goes, yeah, watch me. And he called ahead. <laughs> he called ahead and got the permit. Yeah. But, dude, he got harassed in every single hall by every single security guard. So and that it, happened with us in the media, too. So this year, so a couple years ago, they started adding the metal detectors and the bag searches. Right. And this year, the bag searches were such you know bogus. BS I could have walked in with bricks of C four. Oh, absolutely, because yeah. they check like one pocket, and there's lines of literally hundreds of people waiting. What they did this year is they made it if you are an exhibitor, or then you only had a quick bag check and it was a fast line. Right. If you're media, we were allowed to go in and out without being checked at all, which was awesome because we're getting to appointment to appointment, and we're going in different halls. And you're carrying cameras. And yeah. Who and you're, knows and you're, what? And right. you're popping out of one hall, have to go outside to get to the next hall. Well, guess what? You got to go through security again. So I really applaud SEMA for making that easier for the media to get through. But there are some people who didn't know about the policy, and there's a sign that says media entrance only. So I'm doing that every time, and some guy says, you need to check your backpack. I said, no, I don't. And he goes, yes, you do. I said, dude, I'm on my way to an appointment right now because I had a unique badge. Mine was exhibiting media. And so exhibiting media gives you all the access of an exhibitor plus all the access of a, a media, but not a lot of people have that. And so he was confused by my badge. And so I kind of gave him a little bit of, I'm like, dude, I'm working media. I, I got to get somewhere. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And his supervisor came over. He's like, no, 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 he's media. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. And so I was able to go through. That was my only bad experience. But that badge, kudos to SEMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That badge does confuse people. And yeah. last year was the first year because I had always had media. Right. But when you have media, they don't let you go into the hall uh, before after hours because they You can, want- but there's hours for it. 
And you can get the photo pass yes. for 24 hours if you want I, to. I realize so that. You're this, the, the average media badge, you, they don't want you getting in because they don't want you to take pictures of booths that aren't finished being built yet or any of the behind-the-scenes well, stuff, before, right? Well, uh, that's for moving days and stuff. On the regular right. days, you can still go in like an hour or whatever early. Maybe there's too like much behind-the-scenes for yeah, the— Yeah, probably. Our, maybe. Our, yeah. All right. Anyway, so uh, badges are awesome. Yeah. Seema did a great job. <laughs> okay, yes, Thank you, Seema. Uh, so you've got, looks like Ronnie from C10 <laughs> Dude, Talk is next. This is awesome because while I'm in the United Pacific booth talking about Ronnie's podcast and how we're better, yeah. guess who's behind me the entire time? Oh, no. All right. Here I am in the United Pacific booth. I just finished with Johnny G and this dude sneaks up from behind me in my blind spot. I'm like, oh, I felt the force. You can smell me. What the hell just happened? Yeah. yeah. Are we in trouble? He doesn't have a voice anymore, but, uh. Are we in uh, trouble? No, we're not in trouble, man. There's plenty to, sh- to go around. I just think that what, what happens is I think Sherry from the PR yeah. agency, she's uh-huh. like, Hey, let's have C10 Nation Day. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. From like 11 to noon. Right. And then she's gonna schedule you right on top of me. I just want to no, know: no, she's, Is there a truck show podcast day, Nation Day? Uh, no, because uh, we're only gonna follow your content. Oh, we're just going your coattails yeah. like we always do. That's all right. That's yeah, all right. No, it's it's, it's good. like Johnny's laughing right now because yeah. this is like this is like a pod, podcast throwdown. He's uh, like, don't get too crazy. I don't need you yeah. guys scratching up the truck with your yeah. with your uh-huh. kerfuffle. Only Ronnie could see that. Yeah, Not so really. that's Ron, what he told Ronnie's me. Angry. That's what this is like high school. He's like, she's like, what's it? Uh, uh, what's the song? You know, you you got what I need. Oh yeah, Bismarcky. Say we're just be friends. See, that's what he yeah. told me. He's yeah. like, yeah. And then I walked in and he's. Well, I will tell you. Can I be honest with you? you? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. He was a little bit nervous. He's like, oh, he was looking around. I'm like, why is he getting all? Why is he all the, sketch, dude? That's just because you put the mic in his is face. Is that what it was? Oh, all right. yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was sketch because oh, he yeah. knew that you were still lurking. Hey, so honestly, what do you think about this thing? And it's dumb. It's Chevy. Oh, they're dude. never. They're never going to slam Chevy. Slam Chevy. Will never, never catch on. Cool, no, dude. No, never. Cool no, this thing's bad. Guy. This thing's badass. It is. But, just, but, I have a Ford. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a truck guy. Yeah, you are. A truck I, guy. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm product agnostic, right? Yeah. Well, but you. But if you didn't have passion and want like one or the other, the thing about this truck that a lot of people won't really 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 realize is that it is a long bed small back window and these guys morphed it to a short, short bed, bed big, big back, back window, window. Yep. and then it's got bump like nobody's business dude it's cool and it's yeah a he, showed, he showed me the big ass uh, stereo in the back so my buddy steve over at cummins actually told me about this truck too he goes hey did you see the c10 with our r2.8 so I had to look. It was Sherry. It was Steve. Like I, it was Johnny. I, dude, I can't. I can't I'm over help it. You, you right. have a guilty conscience. No, not yeah, at all. I'm well, over let's it. talk about guilty conscience. All right. Let's talk about what happened between us. Well, and then we need to talk about that black Ford out there because I'm not a Ford guy, but that black Ford F100, I think it's a dent side. But we'll get to that. All right. So I just want your audience to know that we had a moment last week. Okay. And I'm totally open to moments with other men. Uh-huh. Um, as a firefighter, it's just what happens. So there was a picture. Uh, I was um, always told it happens in the firehouse, stays in the firehouse. Yeah, that's why I didn't say much okay. more than that. Got right? It. right. And, and the thing about it is, is there was a picture. And you had to know when you posted it that it was going to probably... That's probably how fast well, you were. I forget who my friends are, right? Well, we find, you find out real quick. So <laughs> so, so I was able to uh, Photoshop, manipulate uh-huh. a picture, and you were eating something. Uh, it uh, was an In-N-Out hamburger, by the way. And I think I'm going to show Johnny the picture because I want Johnny to hear the story. Well, and I, I want just, him to have the context. I just like, too, how happy lightning was. <laughs> in the picture. I mean, so Holman is like so happy. He's eating a double single special sauce, lettuce, cheese. And uh, right, I just showed I just showed to Johnny. Okay. All right. So, so that's funny, right? Uh, right, Johnny? Uh, Hold on. Stand by because okay. so I, I think I'm like a witty and funny and quick. Yeah. And uh, what I found out was I, I'm uh, unparalleled. I mean, dude, I sent this this photoshopped image of him eating a big Eggplant, eggplant uh, emoji. emoji. Yeah. Uh, instead of his 
triple lettuce burger, yeah. big yeah, double big, double yeah, animal double, style, double animal yeah. Style, yeah. special yeah. sauce, lettuce cheese. Yeah. And before I even hit send, yeah, like the wizardry of Sean P. Holman comes flying through, and I I was like, so I sent that to oh, him. Yeah. And I was, I said, stand by. I was riding a big wiener. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. So I went to his Facebook page and I stole a picture, and this is what he had. Yeah, wait for it. Yeah. So, so, so you guys can don't underestimate of, no. my enjoyment of drawing wieners on friends if they are going to disrespect me with eggplant emojis. And there was a wiener, and I could tell you, just like his wife told me. I think you need to take a picture of that. No, I don't know that I want. Okay, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. We're taking a picture right now. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. Hey, don't forget about the first picture. So, oh, what first picture? Yeah, yeah, what first picture? It's funny how that happens. So I just want to say to the audience how quick, yeah. like your wife said, you were to get that back. Yeah, you are quick. Oh, fast. fast. Super fast. Probably quicker than most. Yeah, you, you thought I had that in the chamber, like ready to go. I'm like, no, no, I just did that like now. So I just like how we tried to schedule some pod. We had some conflict. Yeah. Now, but here we are. How, how is it going? We're doing pod right now. No, no, but how's it going for you? How's the show? It's good. It's I, I've been busy. I've been doing a bunch of SEMA stuff and hosting and all that kind of stuff. So today's my first real day of getting around and actually doing pod. Where and is here you are. where is Robin of the Batman and Robin? Uh well, the boy wonder. Yeah, the boy wonder is over in the uh, the Banks booth right oh. now. Yeah, he's uh, chained to the booth, and so I'm going to be doing all the uh, podcast stuff. Okay, I, there's not a Honda Pilot booth or uh, <laughs> a Honda truck booth. Uh, it would be a Mercedes SL or a Mini Cooper booth. Okay, is, a Mini yeah. Cooper booth. Yeah. So what do you think? I do. Uh, love that Ford out there. How dare you? <laughs> hey, How you know what? That, that's what happens when you're not around to defend yourself. I, I'm not your keeper. I guess so. I'm not your keeper. Damn it. There, <laughs> I haven't seen, seen it yet. Where is it? I'll show you a pic. It's outside. Um, I, I don't even know. I guess the other mother's booth is okay. the other right. mother's booth. Not the, not the main one when you go is out. Is it a den or a bump? I, I have to look at it. I think I'm a I think I'm, I'm asking a, a Chevy guy. No, no, I, I'm going to go bump. I see how it is. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go You know I have a soft spot for the bus. 60, 772's bump. Yeah, that's bump. Yeah, and I like the dents, too. Right. So I'll show you. It's rad. It's all black. Right. And uh, it is, God, man, I can try to think if it is or not. But I, I'm going to go bump. So it's cool. There are good forts. There's some killer trucks out there. Dude, and that's a great thing really about killer trucks right now. I would say, and, uh, Too many know, Broncos and Gladiators this year. Is there such a thing? Yeah, there's there's such, yeah, look around. Every, like, you can't even move five feet without bumping into one or the well, other. Well, and when we say Broncos, or he says Broncos. It's all early Broncos OG stuff. Broncos, yeah, yeah some, yeah. some classics. Which, we're on that verge where you're going to start to see some OJ Broncos, yeah. some uh, 78, 79. Yeah, the, the full size, yeah, 78, yeah. 79. You're going to start seeing yep. some of that stuff. Yep, round headlights, square <laughs> well, headlights. Well, one of the things with Ford, right, is that little baby Bronco or that OG Bronco was what 77 older so they're, they're all it's such a long run yeah kind of like c10 but they're hard to find right there. now man they're getting expensive well getting way expensive and you can get new like a c10 and, short bed yeah you same deal so, same deal all right man okay, well so i i do want to come out and i want to do some pod with you guys let's kinda, do it you you kind of have come me to the studio pod, dude and i want to come out and do it and just, you're welcome anytime what, what would you say at this point for your listeners because you guys have tons of support how fun has it been for you guys since we last were together? Now, uh, now was we that Lozar Throwdown? Well, we did a little fun yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was also on the pod prior to that. So let's say in the yeah, last yeah. year, I mean, you guys are... It's been fun. It's been, it's been a good ride. Like, we have the best listeners out there. I'm not even making that up. We have so many people who leave us emails and send us voicemails and, and messages. And like we're killing it on the rankings and we're growing every month. And this has been a passion project, obviously, for the both of us. And dude, we're having fun. For me, having been a journalist for so long, writing writing words is a completely different format. Yeah. And it's 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 rad. So to to make friends with yourself, Rob Kibbe was here. Yeah. We talked to Rob uh, earlier in the week. A um, bunch of podcasters who are you know there's probably what ten of us in the truck space and car space right now yeah. that that are worth anything. You know there's a lot of like just everybody trying to feel out. And I know the space is going to get crowded fast, but 
you know, to, to be a part of guys like, you know, you and Kibby who've been podcasting for a long time and kind of be uh, up, up considered, you know, one of the, the better podcasts. You know, truck podcast is awesome. So thank you. Not gonna and, lie, man. It's fun, and I'm glad to see it because there's plenty of obviously. Uh, Dude, more people come on and down. And I listen to you guys, and it is fun to listen and hear the differences. And yeah. I, I, I probably listen to more Kibby and friends than yeah. I do the Muscle Car. But uh, there's tons of content out there. Well, tons of rad. It's people, awesome tons because there's room for all of us. Number one, but number two, we all do it a different way. And we're like really complimentary toward each other in yeah. terms of like the styles and stuff. Like we we're all doing our own thing differently, but we're all doing it. So yeah, it's about the audience. It's good people, man. Dude, love podcasting. All right, that's uh, our buddy Ronnie from C10 Talk. Yeah, busting our balls busting at SEMA. Ball. Dude, I just got cheated on right in front of me. Johnny G, what a man. Hey, uh, who, cheat on me. Who else should I go uh, interview? I'll tell you later. <laughs> Next week. Like Johnny G, what up, man? <laughs> I told Ronnie I was just gonna follow him around and uh, and do every interview that he did just yeah. just to bug him. Oh, you could do Dude, that. That would be so funny. Oh, he'd be like, so hey, uh, did, did Ronnie talk to you? I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be next. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, he seriously he's talking about making a trip out to California. And he goes, well, he hey, should. If I come out, can I come hang in with you guys? I'm like, absolutely. But he's, like, he's AZ, right? He's, he's Arizona. Yeah, he's in Arizona. So it's so like, dude, come yeah. over. Let's do it. Is he in Scottsdale? Where is he? I, I can't uh, remember. I can't remember. Mesa. Yes, yeah, so I think he's I, I think he's north of Phoenix. Okay. I I, I don't know. I've got a Somewhere. Uh, so anyway, so I'm still in the United Pacific booth on our on our next interview, and it you know we were just talking about Johnny G. Yep. And then talking to him about Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie appears talking to Ronnie about Steve from Cummins. Guess who comes up next? Steve from Cummins. <laughs> our buddy Steve. Well, I gotta figure out. How to Man, I'm still in the United Pacific booth. I, I had Johnny G, Ronnie, and then freaking Steve Sanders from Cummins walks What's up. What's going on, I'm Mr. Holman? Why have I been walking for days all over the show when I can just stand here and everybody that I need to see is oh, right well, here? You stand next to a truck like this and you're going to attract good people, right? So, so this is the one you were telling me about. <laughs> I love this truck. see this truck. This is my favorite truck of the show, Ooh, I have to say. Are you allowed to say that? I don't know. you have a lot of Cummins babies. That, uh, we do, and we have, one, cool. we have one in our uh, booth as well, but I'm sorry, but I'm a Chevy guy. Ooh, mm -hmm. You mean you're not a Land Rover guy? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a Land Rover person. <laughs> you're not a you're, you're not a TJ 2.8 SWAT I guy? I can't fit three car seats in a C10 is my problem. That's true, yeah. But... For and running been, errands on my your, own. I've been to your garage. You probably don't have enough room for the C10 to keep it nice <laughs> uh, and winter. Yeah. In yeah, uh, I, old Columbus, Indiana. By I, the way, Columbus, Indiana, not Ohio. That's right. And uh, G's still silent? The G will always be silent, <laughs> as long as there's a breath in my body. That joke never gets old, <laughs> at least for me. So so talk about how you hooked up with these guys and uh, I don't know, any new we uh, didn't. point here coming to news? No, really? No, these are just customers. So This is a bought and paid for? This is a bought and paid for. We did not commission you this sold build. One? It wasn't, you, oh, you get a lot of injuries. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, you're tough. Come, us, on, you come on. How many am I giving you? Well, zero to me because okay, you don't you, like me, you. but you know, Hazel and Vern have like four between <laughs> you, them. You have a little uh, Italian thing no, in your stop. truck. No, I don't. You? I don't. Oh, yeah. huh. It's actually Weird. not true. Weird. It's actually not true. No, we actually, I saw this build on Instagram when they first laid the engine in the frame. That was the first I'd seen of it. Was he accusing you of having a Via Oh uh, Yeah, because that was the original build. So he actually made a uh, Photoshop of my uh, truck in the Italian colors <laughs> and uh, constantly tells me how it would be done if I just would have gone with a 2.8. And I said, yeah, but uh, I, I'd have to get a transmission and I'd have to get right. all this other stuff. And, and Gail's just up the road and he's like, uh, still, I, you would have been done. I'm like, yeah. all right, you jackass. And it might have been true, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. The customer, uh, I think, is a heavy equipment operator familiar with diesel engines, uh, Cummins diesels in particular, and they decided this would be a bit more unique than another LS swap. Uh, I 100% agree. And I was very happy to see it. So I've been like, 
little fanboy on this build. So do you um, have like some sort of Cummins award you can give them? Do you have like the Cummins plaque, the C of excellence? You know, that's a uh, that's some good input. Or excellence has a folks, C, you know. Yeah. You can put the yeah. Cummins C. At I the think end, our brand standards people don't let us put the C <laughs> in things, you know, as the letter C. But that's you know, okay. It we'll work on it. Should be called the G award. <laughs> no? No, yeah, no? Okay. No, no. All right. I like that idea. It'd be funny though. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So this thing is uh I'm kinda mad am I gonna be here to see it roll out because I wanna be in I, it. when do you go home? No, I don't wanna say. Oh you have to go home early tomorrow, I, don't you? Uh, I have to go home late tonight. You're leaving tonight? It's only Thursday. I I know. Yeah, I'm very disappointed. I have in other you. obligations that are, you know, charitable. Okay. So <laughs> um, I, should I ask what they are? Is it No. Okay. No, nope, no. Nope. Rotary Club is calling. <laughs> Got to cook uh, pancakes at the Lions yeah, Saturday do. morning. Hey, that's okay, too. We're, we're all about that. I'm not cool enough for that yet. Hey, by the way, thanks for uh, dinner the other night where we had literally, uh, what was it, a 32-ounce meatball? Yeah. Yeah. Like massive Between meatball. four guys, it was yeah. great. And, it lasted uh, about eight seconds. It, it really I've did. I've never seen a meatball go so fast. <laughs> easy come, easy go. <laughs> uh, 25 bucks. You know, we got our money's worth. Yeah, well, I was ready goodness. to order one as a dessert at the end of the meal, too. I could have. If it was my birthday, I would have asked for another one with a candle in it. <laughs> <The candle> in <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, well, how's the rest of the show been for you? Because obviously you have a bunch of engines around here. And, it's, and it is Cummins great. Is I am hugely like, supported by the aftermarket. Yeah, our builders that are here with engines and then just end customers, like, uh, number one, I'm always amazed to see how people use the product and how they integrate it and get their feedback on what the build process was, especially on like a truck like this where sure. we never talked to them. Yeah. And um, so seeing some of these things that we didn't even know were in the works is like the coolest part for me. Are you uh, aware of all the engines that you have here? I'm trying to okay, find them. Yeah. Um, so like I didn't even know Big Willie was back this year and someone told me it was here and I still haven't seen it because there's just too much to see. Do you, do you, there's no way... All see the whole show this year. Oh, not no. even close. Well, and the crowd here is awesome this yeah, year. You know. I, well, wait. What's what's Big Willie? Oh, you don't know. Of course I do. What is but it? How, how are you? How are you more plugged in than I am on this? I feel like you're the guy who knows like all of this stuff, and I know like the newer stuff. Are you failing me? Wait, Big Willie. Big Willie. He said big. Th- it's like a giant, like a uh, flat fender. That's like, uh, no, I always say 11 tenths and stuff. Yeah. It's like 15 tenths. Okay. It's just a giant, like flat giant fender Jeep. Willies. Okay. Big Willie. It really is. Right. And, you know, my measure is obviously the food court. Like, how crowded is the food so, court? So, you know, they added like food trucks. Yes. And so that helped out a lot because the food trucks are seeming to be less busy. But even the lines there are big, but that's a good thing. It yeah. means people are not only here, they're here long enough to eat. Yeah. I just need a, I need to find Dr. Pepper. I haven't had one in like four days. There's. A, did you see the Dr. Pepper truck outside? Stop it. You're a liar. No, I am not You are lying. a freaking big, fat And I think it's got a 5.9 in it. I need to go see for myself. There's a Dr. Tr- Pepper truck You know where the here? Hot Wheels corner is? Okay. There is a Dr. Pepper vintage I will like, make, bag I will make that my it is profile picture on Instagram <laughs> for the rest of the month. Oh, it true. is great. It is absolutely true, and it is... It is a cool well, truck. Guess where I'm going now. Yeah, Do you well, think there's anybody over there to talk about it? Well, I'm sure there is. All right. Well, Let's go I'm, see if it has a Cummins in it. I'm done with you. I'm going right. to go look at the Dr. Pepper truck. Love you, Sean. <laughs> Steve Sanders is the best. Yeah, you know, I love Steve. It's not fair that you get to keep bumping into him. Well, you know, we obviously met him through the job. But, sure. But I actually consider him one of my one of my buddies. And I've actually been to his house. I know. Um, we've, you know, whenever we're in the same place, whether it's Overland Expo or SEMA, we always try and grab a meal together. He's just, uh, if I lived in Columbus, Indiana, you know, I was in the same city as you, right? Like, I was there. You could have said, hey, uh, like, you know, come on over. No, I, because I you, Steve had Sanders din- no, you had dinner with your whatever, people what, and your whatever. And... Steve Sanders from Cummins. Uh, I love on, that what guy. Was it on uh, Tuesday, I guess. He goes, hey, no, no. 
uh, Wednesday. He's like, hey, are you... Uh... And he goes, hey, you free for dinner? He didn't say... Hey, uh, Holman, you and Lightning free for dinner? He just said, are you free for dinner? I didn't know the- You could have said- He was said, inviting me. I you, wasn't going to force yeah, the invitation uh, of you on there. Sorry, buddy. All right, who's plus, next? Plus, I knew who's how busy next? you were. Who's next? I knew how busy you were when I walked by. I saw you wearing a snorkel because you were trying next? to come up for air. Uh, all right, we have uh, <laughs> we have Gary Patterson. It's funny because I should have had a snorkel. Uh, if you had a snorkel uh, and flip-flops- No, no, uh, change that. A snorkel and- uh, uh, what are those things? What about floaties on floaties? my arms? Oh, yeah. more people to the Banks <laughs> booth. Holman, help me! Yeah, I'm drowning in his Banks booth. Uh, we have Gary Patterson, who's the president of Shelby. Shelby America, right? I'm not familiar with that company. <laughs> yeah, right? Here's what's cool, though. You and I have been saying this for a while, that as the OEs go toward saturating the off-road market, sport trucks are going to come back at some point, right? Absolutely. I feel that strongly. Shelby introduced a concept of an F-150 two-door short bed with 755 horsepower at SEMA. What? And to me, this is the first where, where, volley. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. Where what, Where were they? In Central Hall? Uh, well, they were in the Ford booth. And, okay. And, yeah. So uh, it was just, it was amazing. Damn it. Damn, I'm, yeah, I'm they had to, they had to, I didn't, I, yeah. Yeah, they had another area too, but- it was just one of these. This is the first volley. I miss so much. I know. I'm sorry. That's God. why. That's why I was out hitting the street for you. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. But here's the deal. We've talked about this, and when a company like Shelby, who has people who are willing to spend fifty grand on a vehicle and then spend another fifty, sixty, seventy grand to upfit it, to upfit it, they kind of have a pulse on what's happening, and they are seeing people asking for the sport truck again. And I'm telling you, there were a bunch of little cues. Around SEMA, even General Motors had the electric E10, which was a uh, old C10 that they electrified the platform, lowered in their booth. So there's a all, and then did you see all the lower dualies? It's like that. Oh it's, yeah, dude, it's coming back. I'm telling you. Yeah. And this is sort of like a company like Shelby is noticing that. So we hooked up with Gary, and and this is a pretty cool interview. All right, I found myself in the Ford booth. I found Gary Patterson, who is the president of Shelby America, I guess. Yep. Shelby America. Man, you guys are turning the screws. We're in front of the uh, the new, was it the Dragon? Dragon Snake. The Dragon Snake. All right. Yeah. I, I'm a truck guy, but obviously right. we're all gearheads. And so when you see the drag car like that, it's like, man, that thing is awesome. It is awesome, man. We just can't wait to put some miles on this new Shelby GT500 Dragon Snake. Okay. I I, uh, I would like to sit in it and uh, maybe go for a ride at some point, but we have more important, more pressing business. Now, is it, uh, Holman, is it the drag and snake, like like to drag race, or is it dragon? No, it's, it's, it's no, no, no. It's dragon, but obviously because the drag racing reminds right. me of a uh, high school auto shop. We had a uh, Ford wagon with a three hundred two in it, and we wanted to take it racing at Pomona and call it the Dragon Wagon. <laughs> More pressing business, and that's uh, the truck lineup that you guys have. And uh, Carol was actually into trucks. Uh, I had a chance when I was a young journalist to meet Carol for the uh, for the first time and have a picture with him and. Uh, just it was an amazing experience and to see you carrying on the legacy in cars and trucks is pretty awesome well thanks sean and you know carol used to say back in the 60s even when he wasn't building trucks he said i'm carol shelby and performance is my business a and then absolutely. he went on to trucks and did those actually even with dodge in 1989 yep. but now you know clearly with ford and we've got you know a big lineup of trucks and when you look at trucks at shelby american today it's about 80 percent of what we do is it that high the volume? it is that high wow. so yeah we got cobras we got you know the old vintage stuff yeah. we've got uh, daytona coupes gt40s We've got, of course, the Shelby Mustangs yep. and stuff. But when you look at total volume, 
Trucks are about 80%. I'm, so, I was, I'm not surprised trucks are the majority. Yeah. I'm surprised they're that high. That's, that's yep. amazing. So you guys have a truck lineup already where you've got the F-150, you've got your right. Raptor that's been pushed way past where Ford has it. Right. I'm sort of, we'll talk about this in a minute, but what I'm really interested in is what you debuted at SEMA. And on the podcast, we've been talking about, we really see the, the sport truck making a return to the truck market. And everybody's rushing to off-road. And usually, once all the OEs go and saturate that market, it seems like the pendulum starts swinging and people start to pop in and, and, and go the other direction. And so what we've seen is sport trucks coming back. And you guys have unleashed a 755 Super Snake Sport F-150 concept, 755 horsepower. I mean, that thing is badass. 22s, lowered, suspension. I think I read a quote from you somewhere that said you wanted to make a nightmare for other truck manufacturers. Uh, that would be very accurate. <laughs> and uh, when you drive this thing, and of course we've driven the concept, you know, we, we're just finalizing the bill of materials because it's going to happen. Awesome. Okay, so so we're getting a little bit of final, you know, feedback from people like you that are in the business, that know what they want, have a passion for yeah. performance trucks. But I can tell you, you put this baby in four-wheel high, and oh my gosh, when you take off the line, that thing rips. So it's still four-wheel drive, so you well, got all-wheel all drive. Or, or yeah. four, okay. But you know, really, it's got so much power. Yeah. If you want to drift, put in two-wheel. <laughs> but other than that, really, four-wheel's where it's at. So you are, know? You, are you guys able to back off the nanny so we can actually hang the tail out and drive with the throttle? Yeah, we can show you pictures of that, <laughs> uh, Sean, at the racetrack, of course. But uh -huh. uh, yeah, this thing is a bad boy, and you're going to embarrass a lot of guys with performance cars. Well, I think that's the thing. The what truck guys like, right? It's the unassuming utility vehicle. Right. And when one smokes you, you go, what is that? Right? I've got a uh, 60, uh, 67 F100 with an EcoBoost motor that we're building right now. Oh, that's awesome. And so it's got Raptor turbos on it. And one year when we finally finish, you know, I'll be hunting C10s. Oh, you'll <laughs> hunt a lot of stuff with that thing. Uh-huh. It's over at uh, Gail Banks' shop, and they're going to do the tuning and stuff on it. So uh, we're that's hoping awesome. to have some fun with it. But, well, you know, the, the truck market is obviously exploding in the U.S. right now. And to see you guys taking advantage of it. What was the idea behind the concept sport truck? Was it were you also seeing kind of trends or was it something fun you wanted to do just to show that you could push the boundaries of a truck? You know, it's really a little bit of both. What we try to do is we go to a lot of shows, a lot of events, uh, listen to our customers, listen to enthusiasts. What do you want to see? Sure. And we're seeing some of that trend and we're like, huh, this is a segment of the market that really doesn't exist too much right now. Let's take a look at that and uh, let's make sure that whatever we do, we kick some butt with it. So you guys have taken out the EcoBoost and you can get it with a supercharged V8. I didn't read in the press release, which engine are you guys using? So, we've got, in our lineup, we've got the Shelby F-150 lineup yeah. with a, a Shelby F-150, which is the V8 base with supercharger, yep, five liter 755 coyote. horse. Okay. okay. Then we have a Shelby Raptor, which is obviously a six-cylinder EcoBoost. Yep. So we bumped that with an intercooler and a tune and, and uh, so forth. Five and a quarter horse, six ten pound-feet of torque on a little EcoBoost engine. Yeah. Okay, but then we also do a lot of work with that truck with bumpers and lights and suspension. suspension. Yeah, we got big Fox shocks. It came with Fox shocks. Right. These are a whole yeah. lot better. You're taking it to the next We're level. We're taking it yeah. way up the level, you know, and then you got wheels and tires and, you know, chase rack and spares. Yeah, all the things, and, you, know, you can, you can modify blades. it to your, to your heart. To yeah, the tire, so that right? thing is in a really cool interior and, you know, carbon surround, you know. Yeah. So it's just off the road. But then this truck is small truck, short box, right. single cab, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about, eh, do we do like maybe a little 
club crab or something. But either way, single cab, short box, lighter weight. Aluminum body. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, right? Yeah, everyone just take advantage so what of that. So you at? Like Different hood. 4,500 pounds? Uh, I haven't weighted yet okay. because it's just a concept. Yeah. So we're trying to finalize that bill of material. Sure. We've got new Shelby wheels on it. Like you said, tires. We've got brakes on it, too. Awesome. So this truck, unlike everything else that people are out there doing, stop fast this thing also fast. stops because, you know, when you got 755 plus horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. So wink, wink. Wink, yeah, wink. You guys can't we see got, this because it's uh, audio, but uh, but we winking not here. Uh, so anyway, so we have a little plus to that. But if you got all that power, you better be able to stop it. Yeah, absolutely. So as I'm guessing the response has been off the chart. If you guys are already talking about it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, will we be able to come out to Las Vegas and test drive it and uh, and do a review on it when it comes out? That's pretty cool that you got him to just say right Dude, there, it's well, happening. Yeah, it's happening. I know he in the press release that they put out a couple days prior, they said if the response is big enough, we'll consider putting it into production. And Gary's like, "Yep, we're doing it." Wow, <laughs> the response must have been overwhelming. Yeah. So you heard it hopefully first here on the Truck Show podcast that Shelby will be building that truck. Wow, it's really badass. Wow. Yeah. Stay tuned. So as soon as that thing, uh, if we have something available, absolutely, uh, we're going to do that. All right. So we're always about having some dang fun. Yeah. Well, you know that's what I always like about Shelby, and, and the organization's awesome. The facility you can eat off the floor, all the things that you guys are doing, but especially staying committed to the truck market for people and, and who like performance. I'm guessing um, you're probably not going to be souping up Teslas anytime soon. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. We're not going to, you know, we're certainly not going to do a Tesla. But, you know, do we look at other powertrains? Sure. Carol always looked at that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we had a Cobra that ran around on hydrogen, for heaven's sake. Uh -huh. You know, we've had other things that are out there. So, so to close the door on that? Probably not. I mean, we're going to look at a lot of options no matter what. At the end of the day, it's about performance. is our business. Right, absolutely. And we're going to continue that mantra. I got to know Carol Shelby very well, worked with him for more than 16 years before he passed away. Wow. Vince, you know, is our, you know, VP of operations. He's the guy that develops a lot of this stuff too. He knew Carol very well the whole time he was at the shop as well. And literally so, you have that, that personal connection still to him and his legacy and you're able to carry that on. Right, we carry it on, you know, and Aaron Shelby is Carol's grandson, very involved with the company, he's on the board of directors and so forth, and he wants to see that legacy. And when you look yeah. at it, Sean, the legacy continues, not just because of the guys and, and ladies that work at Shelby American today, but it's also people like you, enthusiasts, yeah. people that own the trucks, own the cars, you know, have a passion for it or a desire to own it. Shelby means something today still. Right. And I think with a lot of brands where the owner has passed on, and maybe gets bought by you know a venture you know capital group or or a conglomerate or you know gets consolidated into something else. The brands mean less and less over time as they get further away from the foundation. That's not the case with Shelby. Shelby still means something. You see that logo on the side of it, you know that it's not just a, a sticker and badge package. It's the real deal. You absolutely hit it on the nail. You know, that's we want to obviously avoid that at all costs. We don't want to be a sticker and scoop company. Sure. We want to be the guys that make it happen, test what happens. And oh, by the way, the guys that run the company, we're enthusiasts too. Oh, I, I can tell by your passion. It's awesome. You know, sometimes you'll talk to the presidents of a company they're like, Here's what we're doing in the spreadsheets. No, not you. You you're definitely uh, got some gasoline in your veins. And oh, I've got gas, man. It's so is there a way for people veins. to visit the factory and get a tour? Do you guys have historical cars there? Is yeah, so Sean, what's really neat is the good old days are today because you got the old stuff, you got the yeah. new stuff. So we're right here in Las Vegas, just south of Mandalay Bay. Yep. You can look us up, shelby.com, and we give free tours Monday through Friday, 10.30 and 1.30, guided tours. 
10.30 only on Saturday. We're also open Sunday, but no tour. But come out and see us, and they're okay. free. And we got things like simulators, so you can uh, you know run on a racetrack, and the thing throws you around. That's and awesome. we got a big merchandise uh, you know facility there where we got you know coats and jackets and trinkets sure. and hats and you know all kinds of stuff. So you know you can deck yourself out even if you can't have a Shelby today. So well, it's awesome. Awesome. I, I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of people in line to talk to you. You got a lot to talk about here at SEMA. I appreciate you taking time out for the podcast. Uh, if there's anything we can do in the future, like drive your trucks for you, uh, burn some tires up, maybe uh, use some gas. Or we're happy to, you know, because I know when you have a lot of vehicles, sometimes you can't find enough drivers and got to keep the battery charged and all that. We're, we're happy to come out and help you out there. Well, you know, you're not the first volunteer, but we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely welcome you. And, you know, we've actually got some hybrids today. In fact, they're all hybrids. They burn gas and rubber. <laughs> note, thank you. Thank Good you very much. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sean. Oh, man. Hold on a second. Wait. <laughs> I'm going to use it's that, done, actually. Right? I think that's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Hybrid. Uh, gas and rubber. Gas and rubber. So, a couple things about uh, Shelby. A, I have been there for that tour. Yeah. I don't remember why, but it was great. Is it cool? I, uh, absolutely. 100% worth, worth going. Yeah, I was going to say, worth it if you're in Vegas to do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's not massive, but every car in there, there's a story behind every yeah. single one and truck. And, uh, yeah, man, I highly recommend it if you're in Vegas. And everyone goes to Vegas at some point, right? Yeah. Well, at least, uh, yeah, no, I'd say there's probably most people in the country have a Vegas trip at some right. point, right? Now, about Shelby. So, recently, I was I was helping to, how do I, how do I put this? Because I can't give too much away. Because normally, you're under embargo. That would be I'm correct. kind of embargoed. Okay, I can put it this way. Okay. Did you see the white... Pantera di Tommaso yes. in the Discovery Channel yes. booth. Do you know what it was for? I it's for a TV show, right? But it's the n- show's not out yet. Right, so the show comes out probably. But the car early went to next SEMA, year. Yes, which the is car, awkward. The car went to SEMA, right? So I I at, until that car showed up at SEMA with the little plaque next to it that explained it, I was told not to talk about it, which was weird. And then I called the guy from the production company and said, "Hey, the car's here, and there's a plaque that says that." Gail Banks worked on it. Can we talk about it? He's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. I go, well, okay. All right, hey. Okay, so no more. Embargo. Lifted. Yeah, exactly, lifted. <laughs> so it was pretty cool that um, Carol Shelby yep. built a Pantera with a Chrysler engine in it. Okay. And then went to Gail Banks for twin turbos and, and intercooling. And then the car was lost. Oh, really? It ended up in a scrap heap, basically. And our buddy Bo Bachman, who owns Galpin uh, Autosports, Galpin right? Autosports yep. up in the San Fernando Valley here, yep. rescued it, brought it back to life. Oh, wow. Contacted us. Did and Carol said, sign it? Or is it just pay- a paperwork trail? No, this is a Carol car. No, no, I understand. But was it the. Is, is there a Carol yeah. signature on it? Uh, I don't know. I'm but guessing there are, probably not. But there are, magazines artic- there are magazine yeah, yeah, yeah. articles sure. about this car. It is the car, right? Yeah. And it's a really unique story. I don't want to spoil it now because I okay. want to get Gail on to talk about it. Okay. Because I knew nothing about this car until we got a call from Bo and he said, hey, uh, we're doing this new TV show. And yeah. every single one of the episodes is a deep backstory about one, one car. car. That's awesome. And it's a really neat story. Very and cool. I don't think most people have any idea that Carol Shelby screwed around with a Pantera. As you know, they typically have Ford engines, right? right? Yeah. And so this had a Chrysler engine with twin like turbos. Like a 360 or 318? Yeah, yeah, it was a 360. So what's yeah. what's yeah, 369 I think, right? Well, they had uh well, depends. So like 360 is like the standard truck engine right. of that size and then they they had 351s were the Ford engines that were in them a lot. Um All I know is that this thing rolls out 600 horsepower. Okay. All 
All it's right. a beast. Yeah, so I, I had mentioned I had met Carol Shelby before, and I don't know if I ever told the story on the podcast. Um, I was a new journalist. You have told the story before where he goes, he says, uh, hey, son, hurry up and uh, get on over here, whatever. Well, he didn't say it like that. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, but I was going gonna, gonna, to uh, tell it for our new listeners. But okay, No, sure, no, no, if we, no, we're good, we're good. No. All right, so we have uh, <laughs> we have our friends. Uh, Did Matt, I just burst your bubble? Matt and Jake Danelli from Attitude Performance. All right, now I'm on the other side of the Ford booth where the Shelby cars were, and uh, podcast listeners and friends, Matt and Jake Danelli from Attitude Performance out in uh, Illinois. You guys uh, have been building vehicles with us for a long time, but I'm standing in front of a pretty badass F-150. You're standing at a concert is where you are. So when I went up on the Ford stage- <laughs> Were you in the North Hall by- uh, where the, No, 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 I was in the Central Hall, okay. on, actually on the Ford booth, and they had like some crazy like music pumping out, and the speakers, I think, were right above us. Ah. It was crazy. Jake, this one's pretty special for you. Let's talk about it. Yeah, this is my, my first SEMA build, and we're uh, lucky enough Wait, to- Wait, hold on, hold on. Your first SEMA build, and it's in the Ford booth? Yeah. Dude, seriously. And he won a design award. It's pretty much all down And you won a design here. award? Yep. Dude, then you can't come back to SEMA anymore. That's right? like that's like when you take a new guy fishing, and he empties the ocean out, that you <laughs> yep. don't take him back. Like, Jake, yep. you can't come to SEMA anymore. All right, well, let's talk about the truck. All right, so yeah, we were lucky enough to be obviously partner with Ford, and then we got with Black Rifle Coffee, Coffee Company, and it kind of just spiraled downhill. Then we got with Cryptic, ARE, XD, uh, Interco, Truck Vault, uh, Amp, Rigid, uh, Warren, and all the sponsors just started to flow in, and we got, were able to get a rough design to get everything together. So it's sort of this cool, like, tear graphic mixed with camo, Mixed with like snakeskin camo for Black Rifle Coffee Company, who by the way, make some seriously high octane coffee and yes, uh, support military and police and uh, USA, USA, USA. So we love, we love them. So it looks like you have the, on the shell, the windows pop out and you have foam cut out for a jet boil and a bunch of uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company uh, containers. So I'm yep. guessing uh, this is a uh, like mobile coffee uh, booth. Essentially, yeah. Uh, I believe was it pre it was Prefix that had it laser cut, yeah. No, Jan that actually owns the vehicle had it laser cut by a company, and it was just sent him a picture, and they laser cut it out spot on, perfect. So awesome. We can use this for coffee and chrome car shows and that sort of thing throughout the summer and throughout the year. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I I just can't believe that Jake, you know, basically hit every uh, every high at SEMA and his. <laughs> Wait, but have you even had a chance to walk around the show yet? A little bit. I've been right. kind of babying this thing. All right. you, you can come back next year and walk around the show. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think 10 miles yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, I did something like uh, 10 yesterday and 12 the day before or something like that. It's yeah. crazy. All right, so let's talk about the actual truck parts on it. Well, what lift did you go with? What wheels and tires? All that kind of good stuff. And then what was the base vehicle? Obviously F-150, but is it EcoBoost? Is it a, a gas V8? Uh, it was the EcoBoost, and we went with a 6-inch BDS kit. 2.7 or 3.5? 3.5. Okay. Uh, and then we went with the upgraded Fox coilovers in the front, upper control arms. We went with the XD Demo Dogs because they have a very militaristic look and just rugged and rough. Uh, paired with uh, Interco SSM16s, uh, they have bullets and uh, shell casing ends to go with the whole military theme of Black Rifle Coffee. Love it. Love it. Worn bumpers at both ends. Yeah, it looks great. Like all the, all the pieces that you guys chose came together. Now, Jake, how old are you? 17. That's right. I forgot to tell everybody that Jake is 17 and that he just owns SEMA. <laughs> so talk about working with your dad in the family shop. When did you decide that 
you know, you were really going to get into it versus sort of my dad owns a shop? Uh, it's pretty much been all my life that I've known I'm going to get into it. I've, when I was a little kid, it was, you know, obviously it was other interests I was in, but that would last like a week. And, but I'd always come back to the shop at the end of the day and it would always, it's always stuck with me my entire life. Nothing like having a dad who owns a shop, getting all sorts of trouble when you do that. Yep. So we just talked about it yesterday with your partner in crime, Ken. Ken was actually the first person outside. Ken, the editor of, of uh, Four Wheeler Magazine. Yes. Ken was actually the first person outside of family to hold him when he was a baby at the Indy Jamboree. I bet Ken feels really old when you're a <laughs> Yes, he does. Yep. <laughs> well, and let's see. I've probably known you for a, probably over 15 years now. Absolutely. So, yep. I mean, these guys, by the way, if you're in the Midwest, if you're in the Illinois area, check out Attitude Performance. They've done all sorts of stuff. Ted Nugent's vehicles. If you ever remember the uh, the Dairy Queen Mini on top of a uh, was a Blazer chassis. Uh, Jeep Wrangler on 37-inch boggers. Yeah. Yep. You know the, uh, the the Dairy Queen commercial with the Mini. They built that. So they do all sorts of really cool stuff out of their shop, and just a great great family to deal with. So uh, where can we find you guys online and social? Uh, Instagram is Attitude Performance, and if you look up Attitude Performance on Facebook, we'll be there as well. Awesome, man. Well. Congratulations, and uh, again, thank you. I don't think you're allowed to come back to SEMA next year. There's like a, a one-year moratorium unless you only walk around, but you can't build anything for at least a year. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk thank to you. you. Thank you, sir. So freaking 17-year-old? Seriously? Dude, he's you know what I was doing when I was 17? Nothing I was, good. I was throwing rocks at my at my yeah, uh, your neighbor Robbie kid. Joy. Yeah, Robbie. <laughs> Sorry, that was that's a line. That's a inside that, joke. That anyway, anyway. Listen, 17 years old, first time at SEMA. First time building a vehicle at SEMA, gets in the Ford booth, first I got corporate all that. build. I got that. Freaking Wizard li- Design Award. I was listening to I that think, interview. I think he's a listener of ours too. Yeah. So like our listeners are doing way cooler stuff than we are. While we, you we are, are we are underachievers. While you are underachievers. While you are sitting tied to your booth, <laughs> this kid's out making waves in the world. Yeah. God. Remember how we went back to uh Dan Greck taking advantage of his 20s. Yeah. Jake uh, Dinelli is taking advantage of his teens. teens. <laughs> uh, dang it. All right. Who's next? All right. Uh, this is the last one for this show, I think. This is going to be... Uh, Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. I don't have a screech sound effect. Um, that was a bad one. No, that was kind of Scooby-Doo-esque. Uh, don't you do a... Zoink, Scoob. Um, oh, Shaggy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. So... Lightning. What I'm hearing is that we're doing multiple episodes. Uh, yeah. This is going to be... Uh, this show's part one. Okay. We have so many, we're going to do three. <laughs> but last year, we did five. Yeah, there's no five. Dude, we did uh, five together. I did three on my own. Or enough for three bad. on my own. You, you, you were cooking. All right. So what's next? All right. So uh, Will Beatty from Centerforce. So for all of you uh, JL and JT owners, you've heard me talk on the show before about how crappy the clutch is on mm-hmm. the uh, factory Jeep. I love everything about that platform, but boy, did they botch the uh, the clutch feel on that thing. It's super disconnected. So what's interesting is Will over at Centerforce had not only a new JL JT clutch, but it's interesting the deep dive of things they found when they took it apart. Okay, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. I'm excited too. All right, I am uh, sitting in a Jeep, Wrangler JL, with my friend, Will Beatty from Center Force Clutches. What's up, buddy? Dude, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Although we have talked. We have talked. we talked about this very specific thing we're going to talk about now. Yes, we have. And the reason I'm so excited. All right, so I called you and I said, you know, I want to get a JL. You know me, I'm a manual guy. I've got your clutch in my JK. I want to get a manual JL, but I drove it, and the clutch feels like butt. They suck. <laughs> There's no feels. feels disconnected. You can't feel a friction zone. 
and it's awful. The transmission in the uh, in the new JL is awesome. It's an Eisen. The first gear is a lot lower than the old JK first gear. Four, uh, fourth gear is now a one to one instead of fifth. So you have two overdrives, and yep. six is deeper than the old. So it's like gear ratios are are perfect. All the issues you didn't like with the V6 and the stick gear ratio why have been changed, and then they ruined it because the, the clutch, clutch sucks. Yep. So I asked you if I were to get a Wrangler JL with a stick, mm -hmm. would you be able to fix the clutch feel? And you said, I have one in the shop right now, I'm taking it apart, no problem. And then you sent me a picture a couple of days ago. I did. And it was, oh. Yep. So talk and, me through it, what'd you yeah. find out? Uh, push that clutch pedal. Can you feel it? Still soft. Yeah, but it's. I, it feels like I, there's you, actually you, resistance you, at one you, point. Can you fill it all over center? I can, yeah. right? About 60% of travel yeah. or so. So, a big problem we had was trying to achieve pedal effort, yeah. believe it or not. And we typically want to go the other way. This clutch uh, was just, I'm going to say, and, and no disrespect to the Honda guys out there, but it was Honda soft. Yeah. It, it was it way too is. soft. Anybody who drives a Gladiator or a JL with the uh, manual transmission, that's probably something you notice every day. Yeah, I, I just, I, I drove it because you know you'd called and I'm like, but this thing absolutely sucks. Yeah, uh, and and that's a technical term, sucks <laughs> um, for a Jeep. You know, I'm an off-roader, you're an off-roader. I've got a JK, um, and we started driving this thing. It's like this absolutely just, it's got nothing. You know, it's and in there's no feel, there's no friction zone. It literally feels like a you're disconnected, but it feels like there is a. Um, like there's something in between you and the clutch. Yes, because you, you know, as a, a guy that drives a clutch a lot, you know, and we know clutches. Uh, I stalled it like three times. I'm like, yeah, everyone's I like, too. dude, don't you know how to drive a clutch? I'm like, I do. I, I swear I do. Yeah. You know, but it's this thing. You can't feel when it's coming in. A hundred percent. And then all of a sudden, it boom, it's in. Well, once we pulled it apart, we were able to figure out why. So you and I talked about it a little bit on the phone and you were actually really interested in what the stock clutch components were. When you walked me through it, I was surprised. So let's talk about that and then let's talk about how you fixed it. Okay, so we pull it all apart. Like you said, the tranny, tranny's awesome. But we pull it apart and it's like, start pulling it apart and we're looking at it, it's like, no way. Is that what I think it is? It is, it's a twin disc. So it's a factory twin disc clutch. So we so once we unbolted everything, it's like wait a minute, this thing's you know obviously now a dual mass flywheel, which you don't normally see in an off-road vehicle. Sure. Not to mention that it's a nine-inch twin. So then we we're looking at it you know further, and uh, we obviously see a lot of OE type of clutches, and this is the same clutch that is in a GT350 Mustang. Say Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Does it? And I haven't driven a GT350 Mustang, obviously being the truck guy that I am. Does that have better clutch feel than this, or is it? It does. They have a different master on it, so oh. it's got a different clutch feel. Okay. But I, you know, I, I know that I, I, I'm, at least I hope, that Jeep didn't choose this clutch. I think the clutch manufacturer said, "Here's a great clutch for you." Uh, we don't actually know, but this is I, what's in there, and we said, "Okay, dual mass flywheel doesn't work great on off-road. A twin disc, a nine-inch twin disc, definitely doesn't work great for an off-road vehicle." And that's why it falls on its face because of, of the way the floater uh, was working and the dual mass flywheel was actually fluttering. So what I noticed with this one is I was just revving it up, you know, clutch in, clutch out. And it had a vibration to it. And I'm like, what is that vibration? It's almost like a, an engine vibration. And what it was is the dual mass flywheel fluttering. The reason the whole thing flutters 
uh, on the disc part itself is that this clutch no longer has a pilot bearing. There's not a pilot oh, bearing really? in it. So there's no support for the, the input shaft. Oh, wow. So if it's got a heavy clutch or disc setup, then the input shaft can come up and down and move around. So that's what was happening. So you obviously said, aha, had an aha moment with it. Yeah. And took the trans out and you guys went to work on R&D. And we had talked a couple months ago and you said, I'm trying to get this done by SEMA and it's here. You're done with it. What did you have to do to fix it? So we, we obviously put our high inertia flywheel in it and we added about 18 pounds, you know, and the same thing we did with the JK yep, and it was actually that sweet, made sweet. A lot, a huge, it makes a huge difference on the JK because there's not enough flywheel mass and what will end up happening, if you're not in four low and you're in four high with the V6, which doesn't have a lot of torque down low no. anyway, you'll stall it and sometimes you'll even smoke the factory clutch just crawling on top of something sure because it just doesn't have you know doesn't have the power at all and so what's nice is i've noticed with the dual or with the uh with the heavier flywheel is i can lug it down a lot further now so when sure. i'm crawling it's just so much better it's like a tractor where yeah. before i'd have to be a little faster than i wanted to be so yeah exactly you everything you said is correct with this one um you know you get it about 400 rpm and it died you know 500 four or 500 rpm and it just it killed it now with this clutch, uh, we can actually chug it down to 300 RPM and it will die. Wow, which is awesome when yeah. you're crawling and picking yeah. your way through boulder field or yeah. something and like it's, that. Uh, we did a nice little test with it and there's a hill by work that, you know, they just put it in too high and let the clutch out and was driving it. So how far can we get? And with the stock clutch, we got about uh, maybe maybe 100 yards. And with when we put our clutch in it, did the same test, it went all the way up the hill. No problem. So how does your clutch differ? We know we have a heavier flywheel. We By the way, it. your SEMA one has JL engraved into it. Yep. Which is awesome. Oh, yes, they all do. Really? Awesome. Yeah, we're Very doing cool. them all Jeep Wrangler JL. I yep, love that. Correct. Uh, and then we went Nobody to... Nobody will ever see that, nope. but it's there and it's a little wink and a nod. The only time they'll see it is when they open the box. Yeah. That's it. Uh, we went to a single disc because that's worked uh, so well throughout all these years. Why change a good working combination? Uh, we went with our ball bearing pressure plate. This particular... Uh, Jeep has the dual friction in it because he's putting a blower on it and uh, uh, the whole combination come together right at 68 pounds okay stock is 40 50 pounds okay yeah so it works great for this Jeep um, if you could drive this thing you would say no way this is a totally different animal than what it was stock well I'm actually excited because I've been talking about putting my order in probably in December and I've been hesitating because I've wanted to make sure there's a clutch solution because I'm a manual guy and I just kept feeling like I don't want to go to an automatic. I don't want to be the guy that's professing, keep the, the, the stick shift, and I'm forced out of having a manual because the clutch feel is so poor. And to know that the aftermarket, this is what's great about SEMA, right, is, is maybe a manufacturer has to, you know, design something for the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. but the aftermarket can go in and make it better for the people that are really going to use it and I, I appreciate you for that and appreciate that uh, you you know walked me through to tell me hey we can figure it out here's what it is because I think that's information nobody's going to tell you it, it, it turns this Jeep into what it was supposed to be yeah you know get in and go out and have a great time with because the everything else about the Jeep is awesome yeah phenomenal I, I mean even the stereo system I you know, everyone's like, well, you're all excited about the stereo system. I said, well, if you had the stereo system I have in my JK, you'd understand yeah, this yeah. is a freaking awesome stereo system. Yeah, this, the Alpine uh, upgrade yep. uh, with 8.4 Uconnect and all that is, is great. And, it, and it, this thing just runs really good. You know, this was a two-door. Yeah. Um, 
but it runs really good, you know, and, and I was really surprised with it other than the stock clutch feel. But now, you know, it's great. You know, even the heavier flywheel did not affect the performance. Yeah, the acceleration. Yeah, it didn't and, yeah. affect it at all. And what it does do is like even when you're you're in gear, so these are heavy Jeeps, you know, so when you're in gear and you're just trying to maintain one speed, the weight of the vehicle is actually lugging the engine down. So when you have that extra mass on the back of it, it's actually fooling this engine and thinking it's a larger displacement, more torque. Mm -hmm. So it's able to maintain and hold that speed a lot easier without lugging the engine down. You're talking about just like cruise control, highway cruise control, speed, speed highway or? speed, because everyone yeah. puts bigger tires on it. Sure. So for, and all you're doing is going the opposite way you know, putting more stress and load on the engine, driveline, everything else. Being a driveline expert, are, what are your thoughts with this transmission and gear ratios and the differentials? So for... I, I wish I had this tranny in my Jeep. Do, yeah, for right. sure. In your manual, do you have 488s I and 37s? Yeah. Yep. yep, that's what I have. And I always felt like 513s would have been better, but on a JL, I'm going to stick with 488s yeah. because this transmission has the, the gear yeah. spread is so much better than the old NSG 370 or whatever that was in the uh, the JK. Yeah, I, I just I like it now. I'm really excited about this clutch and this platform. Well, I'm going to help you promote it because I'm excited about this clutch because I'm going to get my Jeep and I'm first thing I'm going to do is come to you once I get it, uh, big tires on and everything yeah. because. Um, like you, I'm a manual guy, yeah. and I want to make sure that I have the you know the best experience. And then yeah. I'm gonna take my Jeep to you. We go wheeling. Yeah, that's great. You know, we're right there in the heart of wheeling country. Right? Yeah, no kidding. Prescott, Arizona, yep. and uh, you guys have some amazing, amazing trails around yeah, here. So it's awesome out there. All right. Well, enough about being awesome because we're uh, at SEMA right now and we can't go wheeling. Yeah. So I all know. right. But I, we're sitting in a Jeep like we could. That's true. Everybody's <laughs> looking at us, going, "What? What, what are, are those two dummies here? doing yeah. in that Jeep? They're just smiling. They're yeah. you know, must be talking about a badass clutch." Yeah. All right, Will, so if people want to check you guys out, uh, Center Force uh, on Instagram, online at centerforce.com. Yep. And at Center Force. Yep. All right, my friend. Well, uh, thanks for giving us all the info, and uh, hopefully uh, you sell a lot more clutches. Oh, thank you, sir. You're just buttering him up, aren't you? Because you're getting the damn GL, and you're going to go, hey, hey, Will Beatty, what's up, man? I need that, uh, you know, those, those parts that we talked about. Wink, wink. <laughs> no, he, he always takes care of me. Great dude. And there is no wink, wink. There's just, let's make this happen. Yeah, well, he needs uh, extra test miles out there. <laughs> right. And uh, he knows that I'm the guy to do that for yeah. him. Just like Gary at Shelby knew I was the guy to go drive his cars around. <laughs> no, you were not. 100%. No. He said he'd think about it. <laughs> he did think about it, and the answer was going to be no. Oh, you know what I'm thinking about right now? That. What? I'm thinking the show's probably pretty long, and I realized <laughs> we have a... Ton of freaking more interviews. So we're gonna split this up into three. This is part one. Hang tight with us. Oh my gosh! It is the Truck Show podcast. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And we can't forget our friends over at Nissan. Thank you so much for presenting the Truck Show podcast. The five-year, hundred thousand mile warranty. Awesome Nissan Titans. NV Frontier, head over to NissanUSA.com and our buddies over at Deck for your premium cargo storage solution, Deck.com or at DeckUSA. Are we going to be able to talk about the new Deck thing that we saw in the Yes, we, when we talk to Greg. I think that's going to be in part three, though. Part oh, there's, oh, my gosh. All right. We have three parts? Yeah. We, so we have to end this show. Stop it right there. And then we have to record another show okay, right this, after this. this. Hold on. This show is over. Is it done? Goodbye. Bye.